This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. You're listening to Keep Screaming, a horror podcast from two best friends dissecting horror movies one by one. My name is Ryan Larson. And my name is B-Bass. Every two weeks, we will bring you a brand new episode where we dissect a slasher film from top to bottom. We will look at the movie as a whole, going over the story, the casting, music choices, go kill by kill, and then rank it on how it succeeds as a slasher film. You can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at ScreamingCast or by searching Keep Screaming. You can find me at B not B, that's B-E-E, not B-E-A, and Ryan at Ryan Larson. You can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and Castbox, or online at podpeople.me or keepscreaming.com. This week we are dissecting 1988's The Carpenter, directed by David Wellington. But first, our pop culture check-in. For new listeners, our pop culture check-in is a chance for you to get to know what we've been watching, reading, and consuming outside of our movie this week, as well as life updates. Um, we've talked about this for a while now. It's not really a life update, but we have got to spend the last two days with two of our very close friends, Brennan and Aaron, and they are here to, uh, record the show with us. So say hi guys. Hello. Hi. (laughs) Uh, Aaron's the Australian one. Yes, I'm the one with the accent, although I have yet to convince everyone that you all have accents. Okay. I'm convinced. I'm listening. Yeah. You guys... (laughs) You, like, so Ryan, Ryan thinks that. that because he lives here, that makes it the only real English accent. No, I don't at all. I just, when I hear the word accent, it implies some sort of, like, to me, it implies, and this isn't right, I understand that, but a it foreigner. implies some sort of, like, no, not a foreigner either, uh-huh. because, like, southern people have accents, uh-huh. like, southern America. Southern people. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, Bostonians, but, like, I would also, like, Nevadans don't have accents, to me at least. I'm like, yeah, there's no accent there. It's not no, until you they actually... They just say words that are a little bit different. I yeah. think the West Coast has your generic American accent. Well, the th- it's, it's, oh, it's generic because oh. Hollywood. Yeah, it's yeah. because ho- we are the people who create the national culture. Right. Yeah. So we force everyone to sound like us. So we us. have accent privilege. Yeah. 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 Well, I recognize that, yeah. and I'm sorry. Am I accent disadvantaged? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. In this room? No. In this room. No, in this country, your accent is... Oh, it makes oh, you... Oh, it makes you, you like... I'm feeling... At least a point yeah. hotter? Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Like, bare like, minimum. You're already hot, but the accent, then it, like over i yeah. look uh, I'm, I'm looking to marry my way into this country and i've got yeah. my eyes on ryan <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> don't have to work hard <laughs> yeah. I, I am interested to see though because aaron told me my accent would be like attractive in australia so i want to you know you all, I, don't want, I don't want to go to ryan's head or anything but your it accents will. would absolutely be a star if you have if you have any listeners that aren't in northern california Please write in and let us know if you think Ryan's accent is sexy or not. I actually, I want at, at, at Screaming Cast <laughs> or yeah. at Ryan Larson. Yeah, yeah, at Ryan Larson. Yeah, or, or send an owl is, is of some kind. Sexy? Just let me know. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> slide into those DMs. Yeah. Is my voice sexy? Yeah. Check Let us yes all know. No. Yeah. Let's, no, we'll I, do a poll. I, I don't care what you think about my voice. I want I want you to tell me if you think Ryan's voice is sexy. Well, thank you. Because I need yeah. to know. Yeah. I want to know. I'm not sure. I haven't decided yet. Jury's out. It's world getting hot out. in this room. It's <laughs> just <laughs> It was 105 <laughs> degrees yeah. today. Oh my gosh. Toasty. the Sacramento Valley. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's our life. Yeah. We haven't done much since we last recorded because we had just recorded. Um, yeah, we only so recorded we only, like five days ago. Brian and I only have one movie to tell you about. We all, yeah, we yeah. all four decided to watch a movie today because um, <laughs> it's been like touted about online as very bad <laughs> uh, and we had to see with our own eyes. So we all sat down and watched. Some of us lied down. Yeah, some yeah, of us lied floor. down. That was we definitely me. <laughs> Serenity. Um, which is the, t- it's this, this year. year. Yeah, 2019. January 25th by Stephen, written and directed by Stephen Knight. Yeah, it's, um, I don't know how to describe the plot without giving away the quote-unquote twist. I'll read you the synopsis. Yeah, there we mm. go. A fishing boat captain juggles facing his mysterious past and finding himself ensnared in a reality where nothing is what it seems. Wow, that's so oh. forgiving. Whatever. Mysterious. <laughs> Look, if, just because we don't know his past doesn't make it mysterious. Yeah, no, yeah. not at all. Um, what's been... That movie. There's so much to unpack about the movie, and obviously I don't want to spoil it for anyone who does love bad movies. But I will yeah, say... Yeah, if you love them, watch this one. Oh, yeah. It is It is made with the intent of not being the awful shitstorm that it is, um, mm-hmm. but it, it fails on almost every conceivable storytelling... Oh yeah, I think that's where it fails whatsoever. the most. Storytelling, level. it's just um, I don't. I love a movie that evolves as it goes along and takes detours and kind of just you know takes you by surprise. But this movie frustrated me. Uh, you all know this, uh, but for <laughs> listeners, I was very desperate for a nap <laughs> at about that time of the day, and I thought, all right, I'll just doze my way through this movie. But I was so befuddled by it <laughs> yeah. that I was compelled to stay awake, and so with each plot. T- inexplicable plot turn <laughs> rage was building within me as well as a result of it because no, i thought that aaron had actually fallen asleep because he was like making comments and reacting to things but when like one of the big plot twists happens i because i knew it was coming because i'd heard a podcast about the movie so i was like i was like i can't wait to see how people react to it and he not a peep from aaron so i looked at him and his eyes were closed and i was like oh he fell asleep that's too bad he missed it and he's like no i didn't <laughs> yeah. and he was just it was purely indignant. Yep. Yeah. The longer the movie went on, the louder my son got and just babbled. He just really did not want us to finish the movie. He's trying to save us. We should have recorded it. It's yeah. Everyone's review of the movie is just him kind of yeah. screaming. I think yeah, your son could barking. do it. Yeah, he could do an yeah. audio commentary of the entire thing. Yeah. And it would make as much sense as, as the, movie. the movie itself. Yeah, there's a lot of weird Diane Lane talking about a cat that might be her vagina, but also is a it's real life definitely cat. definitely also a cat. Yeah. yeah it's um, both. And Anne Hathaway, like, really doing femme fatale, but... For no reason. For no real reason. Her character yeah. does nothing. No. Her, that movie wants to be a noir movie. Yeah. Really bad. Like, everyone definitely has a contest. Like, who can talk the most like this? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, at one point, yeah, I think Aaron or Brennan said, like, this is an ASMR movie. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because yeah. they were all just talking, like... They got into a bar. A yeah. bar. Yeah. And they're literally... Whispering yeah, they're like whispering other. at yeah. each other. Yeah. I don't know what's happening. And are we talking mm. about cats again? Probably. Or tuna. Oh my oh, gosh. Lots of tuna. It, I don't think it's a spoiler to, st- to, to say that there there is a, a tuna fish in 
It's in the first scene. It, yeah. It's in the first scene. And if you're yeah. laughing, it's because it's utterly ridiculous. It is perhaps the goofiest of all fish. Yeah, uh, also, it's like this weird CGI monstrosity. And it's huge. But it's a really giant tuna. The entire movie sure. is yeah. hinging on like this very the... metaphorically loaded giant tuna fish. Yeah. Its name is Justice. And its name <laughs> yeah. is Justice. Yeah. There's a lot. It's just a lot. And the more we talk about it, the more I'm just kind of into it. Yes, me too, actually. It's baffling in the sense that like you are attracted to it because it's so so bizarre. Mm, the mm. main turn I was into it, mm. genuinely, the main turn or twist, if you want to call it a twist, it takes like hard pass for me mm-hmm. and like not into it at all. The movie gets too philosophical mm-hmm. and it's too yeah, dumb to really yeah. dislike. Yeah. yeah. Um I also it enjoyed that nice. it was shot well. Um mm-hmm. the island they shot it on was beautiful. Um Anne Hathaway should always be blonde. Yeah. Oh, she, she looked, she looked gorgeous. Yeah. amazing. Oh, that's another like atrocity. Like Matthew McConaughey and Anne Hathaway have sex in it and it's like the worst. It's not attra- to take two people who are so attractive and make it seem so not fun or sexy. Um, pretty dirty. Matthew has lots of sex in that movie. Like every oh, second yeah. scene, it's him just. It's like Tommy Wiseau he... in the room. Yes. <laughs> yeah. oh my God, yes. No, I was He's like naked a lot. Yeah. I feel like what's the guy's name? Stephen whatever. He, yeah, he was know. just like, how many times? Yeah. Can we see his butt? Yes. Also, I'm pretty sure it was the CGI butt in the scene where he's like underwater, naked, and swimming. Okay, in his butt. either that or he like he does body. have the nicest butt in the world. He I, does. There has been some digital augmentation there, surely to goodness, because yeah, when it's he's so smooth, he's it's like yeah, crazy, smooth. like a dolphin. He looked like a, <laughs> yeah. a human dolphin, <laughs> or like, someone threw a mannequin. Into a mannequin, the ocean. you know, it's like literally a storm mannequin into the ocean like he's bobbing around down there with obviously no genitalia whatsoever yeah, definitely all downstairs business gone yeah. gone gone he was yeah yeah um mm-hmm. my favorite part though i think is that aaron four times said why is this movie called serenity <laughs> and we had to keep telling him we're like that's the name of his boat remember and he's like right yeah okay. but it doesn't, it doesn't matter it doesn't, doesn't matter they how... never talk about the boat they, the movie should have been called justice they talk about that damn tuna more that's than right. or plymouth boat. Yeah. yeah, or yeah, Plymouth Island. All right, if if it was called Plymouth, I would think that the movie is about cars. <laughs> if it was called Justice, I'd think it'd be about a, like some trial. It's called Serenity. I assumed maybe it was about like outer space cowboys. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it. They really should have called it Metaphorical Tuna. Mm-hmm. The yeah. movie yes. in fifteen never-ending acts. <laughs> it does take about thirty minutes to even find a semblance of a plot. That's right, and then yeah. that plot does absolutely it just putters in circles for well the rest of the movie yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. it's yeah. a movie yeah. is it it's fascinating well yeah. i don't know if it's a movie it's something it's, that it's was a gone. sequence it's of film. shots yeah. with synced dialogue yeah yeah and it was written sorry it was written by the director yes right? correct i kind of get the impression i think it's sincere it's it's not it's only bad because it's bad it's not bad because he set out to do something terrible it's no well he's obviously yeah. talented very yeah and really he trying did eastern promises and he did I pretty mean, pretty things lock peaky blinders yeah he's, mm. written he's mm-hmm. doing of, like uh, world war yeah. z the second one i you know this this film might have been a good movie if like eastern promises he wrote it and then david cronenberg directed it yeah although you would have definitely seen uh, uh mcconaughey's penis in which case because there was a lot of wang in eastern promises it was everywhere it was like a car wash it was terrible <laughs> yeah so that's a movie we watched mm. um what have you guys watched 
Do you want me to go ahead? Yeah, you go. Fine. Um, I'll, I'll just really quick, um, since I can't not talk about queer things, um, I watched Paris is Burning, um, the documentary from 1990. Um, I actually watched it for the first time. I'd never seen it. Um, I haven't heard of it. You're so straight. It's yes. so annoying. Um, but no, you, you've heard about Pose, right? I've explained Pose yes, to you. Yes, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. Okay, yeah, Par- yeah. Paris you is, talked about this doc last Paris time. is Burning is the documentary about the world that Pose takes place in, which is the world of the queer ballroom culture in New York, um, which, like, in really short, um, a lot of queer people of color, trans people, like, drag queens, um, had these, like, fabulous parties and, like, runway show contests and dance contests. Um, and it was the only space where they really mattered in the culture, because people didn't take queer people seriously. And it's a really interesting movie because it's about all of this joyous, fun activity and this the, the feverish way that people care so much about this thing that's so private and so personal and so beautiful. And they put so much work and creativity in, in a world that does not give a single shit about them. And to the point, I mean, they're surrounded by the AIDS crisis. It's set in, it was, it was shot in 1988 and 1989. Um, so basically about that current time. Yeah. 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 It, it was, that was when it was shot and it came out in 1990, yeah. I believe. Um, and there's literally one of the people that they spend the most time with. Cause there's like five, not characters, but you know, people that they really focus in on. One of those people was found strangled to death shortly before they finished the movie. Oh my God. And that's just how life was. Yeah. And it's treated so casual because that's just what happened. People were being picked off in the middle of this. That's why it's called Paris is Burning. Yeah. Like, it's about just trying to find some modicum of joy in a world that is seeking to destroy you. Yeah. But it's a really, it's really interesting. I really recommend it to everybody. Um, it's really rough. It's an indie doc for sure. Yeah. Mm. Um, and it's kind of a haphazard assemblage of clips but it's all incredibly interesting and the way that the death impacts people and the way that they react to it it speaks to how frequent and common it was and oh it's on netflix is it yeah i looked it up oh says you can watch it on netflix yeah do it i highly i highly recommend it it's a you know you you can't tell a queer story that's set in any time period in the past or sometimes even now that's not incredibly tragic and depressing yeah. but i think this is uh, an approach to it that both exposes you to that but also shows you the the joy in what they found and what they've created for themselves very interesting i'll check it out for sure um i'll piggyback off that one just in i revisited a film that i'd seen before um uh, karen kasama's the invitation have we all seen it here yes. in the room? I have not. Have you? Okay, so I think this film is really fantastic. And whilst we uh, we all obviously know it's about you know it's it's about a dinner party in mm-hmm. the, the in the canyons, I guess, uh, in LA, mm-hmm. um, and you know perhaps they've been brought there under pretenses that they hadn't anticipated. The reason that I'll just flag it as something that I really picked up on in this rewatch is that there is a gay couple, two, two gay guys there, they were in a long-term relationship, and there was something about the way that they were depicted within the context of this film that I found so wonderful and that I related to so much as a gay man and was the way in which, and you don't see this very often, the way in which straight uh, like gay guys 
hang out with their straight friends. <laughs> and mm-hmm. you don't actually see that very often in movies um, because it's, and, and it was, they, they just get, cause they, they just, they are themselves. And, but I really loved the dynamic between these two guys and the straight guys there. And cause not all gay people only exclusively hang right. out with gay people, right? I've got really good straight mates, uh, you know, and I love them. And um, I just love that. It's kind of rare and it was well done and it felt really real and genuine to me. And so when, you know, bad things started happening in that film, for me, the stakes were raised even more on top of the fact that it is extraordinarily well directed. Karen Kusama is I a talent. I her. That, easily, when I watched that, I was like, this is the best, I mean, it was my best of the year. Yeah. Oh, like, it's I, so good. Yeah. yeah. I mean, every single aspect of and it. Logan Marshall Green is yeah. incredible in that film. Fantastic. And um, have you seen Destroyer yet? No, I haven't. It's on Hulu, randomly? I think it's on Hulu, I think, yeah. or Prime, one of the two, but like her Nicole Kidman one, yeah, mm-hmm. um, and Sebastian Stan, and it's not horror, but again, you know, since she is like a horror director, mm-hmm. a lot of those feelings, yeah, and it's brutal, yeah, um, it's a very violent movie, um, Look, definitely, I, I, definitely I love she's doing. worth watching. Yeah. I definitely love what she's doing, and um, I would recommend it to anyone who hasn't yet. Yeah. But uh, just in it terms of... It used to be on Netflix. Yeah. I don't know if it still is. It's on Netflix in Australia you know, at the moment. Go. If you would like to, you know, just reroute all your VPNs towards uh, towards there. And you'll get absolutely nothing else. <laughs> and you get nothing else, yeah. pretty much. Um, but it was just for that. And I don't, I haven't heard or read much about uh, that film that touches on that thing. Yeah. And it's just something that great. I related to. And I was like, that feels real. And it's also something you really don't see often. So I thought it was worth a note because I watched it over, on the way coming over. Yeah. I've got a couple more, but do you, is there is there anything else that you were thinking of? Um, that's kind of it. Um, it's been a light week because I've been mostly driving. Mm. Yeah. So I'm traveling the states, and because a lot of stuff I can't see back home because it isn't released yet. Uh, you know, I've been playing catch up and been really good. I can log into iTunes here in the states, and it's the US iTunes, so there's so much more stuff that I can see now, which is really really good. And I watched a film called Darlin. Which is D A R L I N apostrophe. Oh, Holly McIntosh. Yeah. yeah. So this is the the debut feature by Pollyanna McIntosh, uh, which people who people would know from The Walking Dead, um, uh, and she was also in Happen Leonard, that TV show. If anyone ever saw that, she's great. And anyway, it is like you wouldn't think it, but it's uh, the third part in the world's most unassuming low budget horror franchise yeah. that began with a film called Offspring which was directed by a guy named Andrew Vandenhouten, which is about a, uh, a, a, a family in New England that is beset by cannibals, and mm. of one of whom is Pollyanna McIntosh in a star-making role in this tiny little ind- independent budget film. And, and it's not a great movie, but it's got a raw energy to it that I really respond to. It's bleakly nihilistic. It's got almost no score, it's, and at times when it does descend into score, it's like chainsaw, you know, type, type score. Mm-hmm. It's got energy, it's not completely successful. And then the next film in, that, in this series of films was The Woman, which is directed mm-hmm. by Lucky McKee, mm-hmm. who I think is an extremely talented filmmaker. And these are based on books by Jack Ketchum, who's a wonderful writer. And then The Woman, of the, you know, she was, for people who don't know the story of The Woman, it's that, that female cannibal, she's out in the wild, and she is essentially kind of comes across a man who captures her, brings her home to domesticate her, to breed out her, her wild side. Obviously, things don't go very well. And then there's Darlin, which is kind of continues the story of this one, who essentially finds herself and this daughter that she's adopted. Uh, being She hands over this daughter to essentially a hospital, and the daughter is uh, 
feral and essentially ends up in a in a in a <clears throat> like a, a religious reform like reform school and they're trying to religion the the feral away from her to catastrophic kind of effect and the thing that's kind of interesting about this movie is that its tone it's a little bit like kind of like Sophia Coppola mm. with an axe it's huh. it's got um a really beautiful sensibility and i feel like this film is kind of because it's only just came, come out has been kind of swamped up by a lot of larger films and mm-hmm. it's really really worth checking out and it's her directorial debut it's right? her first yeah. film and yeah. she has written it jack ketchum who wrote all the novels that these are books have been uh, these movies have been based off has passed away and the film is dedicated to him um, Did but Lucky work on it at all? Yeah, he, like in a producer role. Okay. And, and Andrew Van Hound, who wrote, uh, who adapted and directed the first film, is in this, and it's, so it's, it's kind of beautiful. Um, and the kids who are in it are kind of wonderful performers. It's got a naturalistic thing. It's not perfect. It is a bit clunky, but when it works, it works wonderfully. So I'd recommend that. And the other thing that I saw was Nightmare Cinema, as well. So which is, oh, which right. is making that. the rounds at the moment, and people are people are seeing. And I thought that that was great fun. And so Nightmare Cinema is uh, Mick Garris's kind of spiritual successor to Masters of Horror, and it's I think on iTunes and everywhere, and it's uh, like four, four, five short, strong five, to, five four, no yeah. four, yeah, and, and a wrap, yeah. five, yeah, yeah, and a, and a wraparound, and it's and it's a hoot, it's a good time, a good time. How odd is that wraparound? It's Mickey Rock in leather, mm-hmm. just. Yeah, only with no sexuality to him whatsoever. No, no zero, and this, yeah. And this kind of doo-woppy hair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't did know. Did you listen to the interview on um, Shockwaves about it? <laughs> I did. And I thought that was pretty funny. They're like, Mickey was fine. He, I mean, he was like... He showed up. He showed, right? Yeah, he showed up and he's like, and then at, you know, 8 p.m. on the dot, he's like, all right, I'm out of here. Where's my money? Yeah, uh, pretty much. Yeah, pretty much. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. And, and apparently he rocked up in his own wardrobe and his own hairstyle. Nice. So what you're seeing there is, is... unfiltered rock action <laughs> yeah. Yeah. in a cinema as a projectionist who is essentially collecting souls that are being projected up on the screen moments yeah. before they're being, boom, like, you know, taken out. And then each one of these um, little segments is directed by different people from... And it's got a nice international flavor. Yeah, they were going for international. International, which is great. It has... Um, British, Japanese, and Mex. No, he's not Mexican. He's Puerto Rican, I think. I think he's Puerto Rican. Yeah, Puerto Rican. And yeah, it's it's a it's a solid anthology film. It's fun. Hmm? I agree. Yeah, that's um, nice. And that will be on Shutter soon, so yeah, you can also pop on the Shutter to see that. I think that's yeah. all I've got. All right. Yeah, I don't think we didn't do. This is what we've been doing. Yeah. Just trying to. Ready Enjoy for being together. Yeah. We haven't been together in a year. Yeah, feeding yeah. and watering so us. Good. Crazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, we've definitely spent a lot of time eating. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's been a lot of food. I have nursed an almighty hangover all day. Um, one of which I thought I escaped scot-free. I woke up full of beans this morning <laughs> and it slowly crept back on me. It comes in waves. It, it came yeah. in waves. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I was the boss of it. Yeah, if you guys aren't in your 30s yet, they get worse, the hangovers. Yeah. Um, and they last... Much longer. Um, all day. Yeah. It takes all day. It's yeah. not literally maybe after Serenity. I was finally like, I feel good. It's always been my hangovers. Yeah. Well, things. maybe Serenity was the rock bottom for your hangover and the, the relief of no longer having to watch Serenity just kind of launched you back into feeling like a normal human being. I'm glad to know that something good came from that. 
Um, I'm hoping that it's my hangover cure now. Yeah. And so every time Serenity. I'm, yeah. Oh my god, poor you. Yeah. <laughs> every time I'm hungover, I just have to watch it to feel better. So, like, it will be a real, um, like, between a rock and a hard place. Like, fuck, do I want, do I really need to feel better? Or, like, do I, t- you know, devote an hour and 40 minutes of my life to this movie again? Tuna. Tuna. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> tuna to the max. Just chug, just make a smoothie out of tuna fish. That's oh. probably, I, look. Oh, my God. We don't like Why this idea. A smoothie? But would you rather do that or watch Serenity again? Watch Serenity. Uh, Definitely. No, I drink the smoothie. No. Yeah, the smoothie lasts like a minute. Yeah, exactly. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, not the way you drink things. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like it would take me day. like a week to drink it. <laughs> Guaranteed. I've There's had no a way. sausage frappuccino. Ew, what? Yeah. I we, don't even know how that so works. So Ryan plays we made this game with his employees where he's the cool boss. Uh-huh. And so his employees will boss. like, cool. yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> his employees will bet him to like eat nasty shit at work, and they'll Venmo him like five bucks. Mm-hmm. It's the weirdest. what a waste of their paycheck. I know. I, I'm just like it's five dollars for yeah. nothing. Essentially, you're exploiting your employees. <laughs> Whatever, they're the yeah. one who chose to do it. Sausage smoothie. Yeah, you have just admitted this on the right. air. Yeah. Well, they know. I tell everyone, I'm like, you want a sausage frappuccino? They're not good. So is it a frappuccino with a sausage in it that you chew on like no, a stick you of literally cucumber? blend the sausage. Oh. Into what? Into coffee? Okay, Into a I frappuccino. will literally throw up on the same Yeah, <laughs> let's have this conversation. Yeah, let's move on. Um, okay. We've had a lovely time. <laughs> yeah. We've had a really lovely time. Ryan did not make us drink garbage. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Whatever garbage we drank, we did of our own free will. Yeah. Yeah. And also there was no monetary payments exchanged. Yeah, no. Um. So, so... If you guys are regular listeners, just so you 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 know that Brennan has only picked one other movie for us, and it was the much lauded no is that the right word much hated unlauded yeah uh, much despised Girls Night Out. Uh, How many times do I have to say I'm sorry? I know, but so <laughs> forever. Yeah, pretty much. So he was very nervous to bring us this other film that because he did pick the movie that we wa- we all watched this week, um, and that is 1988's The Carpenter. Because I, I do always want to be, whenever I'm a part of the show, I want to bring back the 80s vibes. I want to yeah. bring something really weird that you wouldn't have seen. Mm-hmm. Which I appreciate. Yeah. Um, but sometimes yeah. it's a crapshoot. I've seen a lot, and I had never even heard of this movie before, yeah. I must admit. I had oh, yeah, only there's heard a section of it. where it says that we go over its position in the landscape, and I yeah. noted that. Um, I had heard of it only because Elric brought it up because he's a huge Winghauser fan. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I don't understand how that could be a thing. How is one a huge Wingshauser fan? If you're Elric Kane yeah. of yeah, the Pure maybe. Cinema yeah. podcast, yeah. Yeah. you have your weird... Uh... Your weird trademarks. Mm-hmm. He's known as Man in Wheelchair. And that's like known for in his IMD. Man in Wheelchair from Rubber. Oh. oh, he was in Rubber? Oh, yeah, God. apparently. Wow, okay. That's like no, yeah, that is one of his, his known for credits. top credits. Yeah, fantastic. Man in Wheelchair. Yeah, his most famous movie is a movie called Vice Squad. Um... He's also yeah. in a movie, according to the back of the DVD, called, I think, Tough Men Don't Dance. Oh, my God. Fantastic. Well, I don't need to see that, but I do want to read what it's about. And also, I kind of think he would be perfectly cast in such a movie because there's just... He oozes... He use, he's, he's oozing something. He oozes a masculinity that's deeply not sexy, mm. but... So confident. Yeah. He, yeah, that's I what I was it expecting is. Yeah. him to be a lot hotter. I was... Confronted. There's, a, there's exactly face. one shot and one angle of his face where it's like, oh, I think I see it, and then he moved again. And I was like, never mind. Nope, it's gone. It was fleeting at best. 
Yeah. Well, yeah. Look, he's got swagger. It's just not any type of swagger I want around me. Swagger we're not interested Mm -hmm. in. Mm -hmm. So the carpenter is about a mad woman and her cheating husband. Yeah. That is such a leading synopsis. I hate that so much. Well, too bad. It's the one I picked. She's a woman. Just a woman. She is a woman. And her husband, who's a cheater, um, hire men to fix up their new house. Mysterious carpenter, Ed, becomes her guardian angel. But he is actually an executed killer whose spirit has returned to finish the dream house he once started. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That's really what happens. Other than her being a mad woman. And... Well, she, I mean, she's not a mad woman. She's a woman who's recovering from a nervous breakdown because her husband's the worst. Awful. And yeah. he's also cheating on her. Yes. Yeah. After the nervous breakdown, like it's yeah. continuing on. And yeah. has gotten this the person he's cheating with pregnant. Oh, I missed that. You missed Laura that? Bell's pregnant. Laura Bell <laughs> is pregnant. <laughs> Laura Bell. By the end of it. Oh, yeah. So, it's a so this movie, all right, best appreciated probably with a crowd with and also with alcohol. Which is how we did it. Yeah. I must say it was nice because I did, like most of my slasher movies, I watched this alone and I did really like it, but it, it is a movie like, did, did I dream this movie? Yeah. It it definitely befits a, like a group of people. Like You need people to confirm that you're yeah, not Yeah, yeah, no, like balls. to make sure you're yeah. not um, yeah. asleep. Well, yeah, as our main protagonist comes in and out of dreams that just cut to regular scenes, you're like, wait, was that a dream? Was that real? You often have to be... Like, hey, check me. What just happened? I think we should start broad and funnel our way down in terms okay. of addressing this film. So let's go big. Canada. <laughs> yeah. This movie is so Canadian, it's dripping with with Quebec. It is... Yeah, and it, it, it is a Quebecois film, too. Yeah. And it's one of only two major French-Canadian slashers that I know about. The other one would be Visiting Hours yeah. from 82. Yeah. Oh, as French Canadian? Yeah. Specifically? Mm. Yeah. My stomach. My stomach. That pizza has hit me. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Marcel. Yeah, sorry. Everybody needs to know about that. Yeah. Um, so the movie came out August 27th, 1988, so it was late 80s. It's almost um, almost, almost your birthday. Almost my birthday. It was almost my gift. My gift. Congratulations. Yeah. yeah. Wings it would have been in theaters when you were born, maybe. In some it, Canadian Yeah, theater. in some So, yeah, it premiered showing. at, like, a festival on this date. And I think that was pretty much... There's no budget. There's no box office numbers. There's no... Nothing... No kind of information like that on this. The reception's not the worst, honestly. Um, DVD Talk, give it three out of five stars, says open it... Uh, it says, even by admittedly low standards of a slasher <laughs> film, the carpenter is goofy, not just in premise, mind you, but in execution as well. Goofy, however, can also be fun, which is absolutely the case with this low-budget horror film, which I agree with. Oh, yeah. Um, and then Oh, the Horror gave it lukewarm reactions, saying, um, it's like if go- like Ghost if Swayze were psychotic. And concluded, which would be a better movie. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, like wouldn't that be The Entity? Uh, oh, God. No. <laughs> that, would be <laughs> or if, that-, that would be Ghost if Swayze were... A rapist, I guess. Like, yeah, and yeah. also a Japanese businessman, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and concludes... So he can only do so much. Oh, um, I can somewhat recommend it, if only because some moments are absurdly brilliant. So, yeah. Look, I think the key word that I take from both of those reviews is the word admittedly. <laughs> yeah. I, I think that it is a film that it fits the... It is this, 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 and this. But admittedly, etc. That It's yeah. that type of film. What did we all think? In, in 
summary. Where do we all land when it comes to this? Let's just get all our crazy out on the table right now. <laughs> it's... I liked it. I did like it. I yeah. had fun I'm with it. so glad. Yeah. No, yeah. I ended up having a lot of fun with it. It is nonsensical. Mm. Um, and it is... I, I Like, it does 100% to me feel like an episode of tales from the crypt or are you afraid of the dark like the whole premise and like yeah. the plot build and everything it are feels very, very tv it feels super tv yeah, which i enjoy but mm. like the just the whole like thing like she wakes up and he's downstairs and she's just like is totally accepting that this man i, I understand their house is being built on but it's like two in the fucking morning and she's yeah. like yep you're just down here building my house and it's like then they like kind of have this weird sexy relationship and it's like insane se- amount of sexual tension and he just says the weirdest shit about how you just gotta work hard you gotta get the job done yeah the value of hard work yeah and the value of hard work and like not giving up on what you care about and like all this stuff and i think what makes it work for me is that it's like is weird and has moments where you're like all right but it it's not it's not aware of it it's not trying to be It's funny. not trying to be camp. No. Right. Exactly. And it's just weird. Mm-hmm. And so I enjoy that. I enjoy the weirdness of it without it mm-hmm. trying to be like, oh, this is goofy or, you know. Yeah, it's it's earnest in its it approach. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's so surreal. Like, I do, I do call it the Suspiria of French Canada. Just because when you're watching it, you don't know what's, go- what's around mm-hmm. any corner. No. It's very, like, ethereal. Mm-hmm. Um, like for some reason, like in my head, I just like what goes perfectly with this movie for some reason is like white linen sheets. <laughs> like, yes. That's what I think of it's, when I think it's of got this a movie. Bonnie Tyler, um, you know, total eclipse of the heart Ooh. vibe just out of shot at every possible moment. And look, I want people to consider that a compliment. It admittedly, I was I was kind of a little bit shocked by how much I enjoyed this movie. Yeah. Um, because it was just not at all what I was expecting and certainly no. not what I was getting from any of the posters or the covers or the tagline, which of course has nailed in it, you know, in, in very yeah. like a, a degree of puns. But I was shocked by how earnest it was, by how occasionally um, lyrical it could be. Yes. And deliberately lyrical. Like it was, um, and also it, it embraced Real, like, almost David Lynch-style absurdity. Uh-huh. You know, there, that there's a scene. Can, can I... Can Are I you going to talk yeah, about the... Yeah, yeah. The, the scene where um, she's having a conversation with him outside and he's working at a workbench. Oh, my God! I know. That I know. was fantastic. Yes. Yes. During their conversation, cuts to her, cuts to him, cuts to her, cuts to him, and every time it cuts to him, he's doing something completely different with different tools that he couldn't possibly have set up in time. No, because she says two words. I have no idea what she said in that entire scene. Because you were just, you were just, just laughing. I was so focused oh. and laughing on what was happening. It was yeah. fascinating. Yeah. I, and I was like, again, it was one of those moments where I like looked around and made sure you guys were all there because I was like yes. am I seeing the same thing yes. you guys are seeing but and it escalates too yeah, yeah. like it, the last one he has like a giant fucking birdhouse yes yeah it goes from him sawing wood to nailing two planks together and you're like okay maybe that happened yeah. but then he has a big drill press <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah and yeah he's literally just painting a birdhouse at the end yeah it's, it's so it's, it's his Bugs Bunny it, yes, it exactly. is it yeah, is yeah. it is and you know he's kind of got like Bugs Bunny teeth Blingshouser is a weird looking <laughs> guy it's he's got a charisma he has something he has a devious smile he has a devious 
face. Yeah, <laughs> it's an 80s. Maybe if it was, like, him now. Like, if he... How do I say this? If we were in the 80s, ah. maybe I'd be able to understand his level of attractiveness more. Like, maybe it's possible. Or if, like, he was that age in yeah. this context and, you know, wearing clothes and hairstyle the way that... We would in this. It wouldn't be as unusual. It wouldn't be like I see maybe his base level of attraction, but I just. Well, he he's a dude. He's a he's a massive dude. He's in like you know flannel shirts mm-hmm. the whole time. He's got his and tool belt. He seems like and a big guy. And, and he's and he's a like big guy. He's imposing, big. and he does have swagger even if he doesn't like you know just have that it factor. But no, his body shape's fine. That's good. But with he's me. got it's, that. Uh, it's the rest. It's it the is. face. It's, the, his, his, it's a butter. Yeah. He has a butter face. Oh, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Hauser has a Oh my gosh. Do you want to hear? Do you want to hear a really terrible Australian term for guys who fit that category? You call him a prawn. Because you eat the body, but you rip the head off and throw it away. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's so good. That's, That's really fantastic. Good. Prawn. I like, I'm going to adopt that one. I, well, I'm going to go like home, and better. I'm not going to have, like, prawns. I'm going to have wing houses. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that would uh, be great, because we'll say it to and no one will know what it means. Yeah. yeah. We can, like, talk around it. But what he, what he does have is he, he has confidence, and that's extremely, like, important to the storyline, so much it is as it is in contrast to the sleazy, wet towel of a husband that she has yeah. and who is a like a professor at a university who's teaching yes. about kind of about Paul Bunyan. Yeah, American masculinity. American masculinity. Yeah. And, and, and so he, he is like this personification of what her husband doesn't have that she's wanting. Oh, exactly. And also he has the composure and the confidence that is lacking from the rest of the the, the construction crew who are just kind of like horsing around all the time. Uh, we mm, joked about it before. Friend. Like there is a moment in it where... The construction crew are <laughs> monkeying around, uh, you know, just in the background. And I'm like, in the script, I could tell that it, it read Literally said. the crew are monkeying around the background because they're actually acting like monkeys. They're practically picking fleas out of That's what it yeah. looks like they're doing. It, yeah. it does. It does. Yeah. But it, I, and I kind of think, is that deliberate? You know, because everything about this film is, I think, extremely well thought out. There's Probably a... a good pairing with. Serenity, maybe. maybe. But the execution, not that great. Yeah. <laughs> Occasionally. But yeah. Ernest, to, all the way through. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the thing is, I think there's a lot of interesting and semi-intelligent subtext in this movie. Yes. Um, yeah. There's definitely feminist tones. Yes. A lot. In, mm-hmm. in, in the sense of, like, female hysteria and mm-hmm. the way that women's issues are not taken seriously. And the idea that the, the two men in her life, that her awful weasel of a husband and this man who's literally a serial killer but he's competent and wants her it's these two sides of the toxic masculinity coin she's stuck with this guy who literally is trapping her in this house he won't let her make any decisions including about her own medication Mm -hmm. about literally the wallpaper um he cuts her off from everything and she's trapped in this house she's trapped between him and a man who literally is the house Mm -hmm. And she needs to learn to break away from both of them. Yeah. Well, yeah, because they're both extremely problematic. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh. I, my, I was... The moment at which I knew that this film was something uh, more than I had anticipated. So it, it opens up through a series of cross dissolves. Uh, oh, Alice. Yeah. You know a yeah. film is going to be having subtext if the main character's name is Alice. Okay. It is, it is having what she refers to as an, a breakdown mm. and she's strategically chopping up her business suits and things like that. And then it kind of dreamily transitions into her time, obviously, uh, under, you know, the 
under medical care, and there is a woman in the next bed to her who is speaking something in a monotonous, dry tone, just like this. I'm like, what is that person saying? It sounds familiar. It's a spoken word version of knock on wood. Um, And I was like, oh my God, wait a minute. I think I'm in love with this movie, and I didn't even know that it was happening. Um, And the other thing is that dream and reality blur in ways that, say, Wes Craven would not do, right? Where these mm. scenes just kind of naturally bleed together yeah. and it's, you know, no I'm one bolts sure. awake. And like, remember there's that sequence where she's walking out of like her therapy session or something like that yeah. and there's a woman behind with a massively profoundly bleeding <laughs> ear. Oh <laughs> like these she's like drenched. Like her yeah. entire like shirt is just all blood and she just has a tissue yeah. like up to her ear and I'm like no. And she's That's credited, not... I think, as a bleeding woman. Yeah. Oh, my so God. And she's just casually standing there, like, adds enough blood that, like, yeah. you could be dead any moment. And <laughs> she's just standing there with, like, a tissue to her ear. But, like, you know, her name is Alice. You conjures up images of Lewis Carroll and, the, you know, Alice down, the, you know, the rabbit hole, all this type of stuff. But mm-hmm. it's kind of the opposite. It's like she's she starts down there and, it's, and it really is her blooming into independence of all of these trappings, right? Yeah. And essentially having to destroy what she always wanted with the power and support of her family, you know, her, her sister, sister, yeah. her sister. Yeah. And, and uh, in order to kind of break away from all of this really toxic, different perceptions of what masculinity should be. And it's manifested through this metaphor of a house. And he's the guy who's there to fix it for her in a way, the carpenter, in a way that her husband can't do it. All those construction crews by day can't do it. He's the only one. And there's something about that that's really creepy in terms of what he's doing to her because it's just another version of her husband, you know. Well, he is a very, like, yeah, he is the... He does what, like, manipulative manipulative people do, where what they do is make you feel like you can only find comfort in them, and they isolate you from everyone else. Absolutely. And so, like, that's very much, like, where her husband is controlling... He's not as manipulative as like the wing as the carpenter character ends up becoming because like he plays into those trappings of like I got you like take yes. I'll take care of you like I I got this I got this I got this and th- what you, what happens when you do that and you rely on someone too much is you do become isolated because you suddenly don't have other people to lean on yeah and like you're relying on that person so she does have to escape two different types. A very toxic masculinity. And do you know what? If uh, if uh, somebody, if you're in a relationship where somebody is holding you captive in your own home by yep. cutting away your social ties yep. and also your independence, that is that is family and domestic assault. Well, yeah, you know, she, she he sends her to like a psychiatric ward. Yep, and maybe that was warranted. Like we don't really know. But then when they get out, it's all of a sudden like, well, this is our new house. Yeah, yes. he I've bought a house while she was institutionalized. Yeah, exactly. Did and, not ask her about yeah. it. No, and like, yeah. oh, I've moved you. And yeah, definitely, like, totally like you were saying, Britain, the themes of female hysteria and being like, yes, I did have this breakdown and that was real, but that doesn't mean I'm always, any kind of reaction I have, yeah. any kind of emotion I have does not mean that I'm going to have a breakdown. Yeah, yeah. it doesn't it's, invalidate the way that I'm feeling about yes, the awful things that you're doing to Exactly. Yeah. And that's so, I mean, that's one of the things that, like, mental illness has such a bad stigma because if you come out and say that, you know, you have anxiety or depression yep. or bipolar disorder, people are like, oh, well, that must be why you're acting this way. I'm like, no, I'm acting this way because this is the proper reaction mm-hmm. to this scenario. 
Um, and so that's totally and like him telling her to take her medicine and taking her away and, and convincing her that like she's wrong and there's something wrong with her. Um, yeah. I and mean, that's, that's messed really, up. It's super messed it's up. It's super messed up. And, and that's a lofty, you know, kind of theme for a slasher to kind of tackle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And also to back it up with a kind of weird, sometimes slapdash lyricism. You know, it does have moments where I'm like, it's really trying hard to to elevate, you know, the genre trappings that it ultimately falls into and doesn't necessarily execute terribly well. Yeah. well did, yeah. did get to that. I but... think part of her reactions, which we'll get into when we talk about the kills, but like mm-hmm. part of her reactions to mm-hmm. the Carpenter making the killings are because of the situation that she's in with her husband mm-hmm. and the insecurity she has over her own mental state. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I guess which it, is a really interesting totally. message for, and I'm I don't think that's un, I think the good slashers definitely play with that idea with their final girls because especially if it's a sequel, there's no way that you have a final girl who doesn't have some sort of anxiety or PTSD yeah. or some yeah, kind of right. distraught. Yeah, and the really good ones play with that. Yeah, and you know show these you know how this affects the characters. You just wouldn't really expect it in this movie. Yeah, and. Like like Aaron was saying, some of those like genre trappings and lyricism, some of it works incredibly well. I mean, obviously there's the infinite cross dissolves, which are really clumsy. Um, but there's a scene that I love of her at the paint shop that she works at, Mort's Empire of Paint. Yeah. The best name ever. <laughs> yeah, which in and of itself is like a Twin Peaks. Yeah. Like yep. Mort is... A terrifying non-presence of a man. Yeah. Um, but there's a scene where she's watching a paint shaker shake up a can of paint, and she's just lost in this reverie about all the like murder and awfulness in her life, and the paint can kind of bursts and just starts splashing red just across her body, and she's still kind of catatonic, and it's it's a lovely, stunning, yeah. surreal scene. And a bit, the surrealism extends to the fact that she then walks home yep. still doused yeah. in blood, and mm-hmm. people aren't even yeah. acknowledging why she looks so broken and hurt and yeah. paint covered and that's that you know sometimes all you want is to be heard and no one was listening to her except for her sister mm. right and, and who comes through in the end and i guess we should also tap into this something we haven't really touched on which is that there's this whole supernatural theme wrapped around this story i guess mm-hmm. which is that the carpenter was like a like a criminal who used to own the house and who was sent to the electric chair and like, is, do we know why like what he did well he was he's a serial killer he Which was is, he was obsessed with building the house right. he took out a bunch of loans that yeah. he couldn't pay back mm-hmm. and so he killed the people who he who owed money to, to basically who money. were trying to collect yeah. yeah and the first in the first moment you kind of get that sense of, that he is somehow tied to the house is that um, is it Alice or someone? She drags yeah. a screwdriver. One of the construction workers That's who breaks right. in. Yeah, it's kind of like a little, almost like it's very Hellraiser in terms of like you know the nail in Hellraiser ripping Ooh. over on, on Kirsty Collins uh, on the on the hand. Yeah, but like essentially somebody runs it like almost like a screwdriver or something across the wall, and then it cuts to um, the the carpenter, and a, a cut is appearing up along his forearm in the exact same shape. Yeah. And that's our first moment where you're like, oh, wait, there's something going on here that's leading us into a kind of a supernatural zone, or is it is it a supernatural zone, or is it all just kind of like that fantasy dream logic? Mm-hmm. It's really, really hard to say. Well, and you don't, I mean, because I try and go into things blind, so, like, 
you don't know that by like you were saying the poster doesn't make like the poster makes it seem like you've literally got like a killer carpenter oh yes like which like i was all for that i was ready for like this guy to come in with his tool belt and just start slashing people up with like the different tools the poster either makes it look like a killer carpenter so it's I mean, it's the it's, it's kind of sexual too. Yeah, yeah. Or it, the whole movie. Or it, are you yeah. looking at the one where he's standing over the house and yes. between his legs? Yeah, yes. he the looks like Paul Bunyan. Be, yeah, the house yeah. is between his legs. Yeah. yeah, and it also though looks like it could be a a like early '90s, late '80s action movie. They're, yeah, like because it's got like he's like standing there and he's got the weapons in his hand yeah. and like they're in like the houses in the background. So like not going like not knowing what this movie is, you could look at the poster and read it so many different ways. Because I look at it, I'm like, oh, it looks like uh like. Maybe he has to, like, defend his house from people and all he has is his tools. Can you Except have... for the tagline is, he's yeah. turning their dream house into a nightmare. And then it says, the carpenter. He builds terror. That's pretty wow. good. That's I kind of like that. That's pretty good. I... It's better than the Winchester tagline, which is, terror is building. Which oh, does not work. Oh, oh, no, that is a terrible tagline. No, um, we can just ignore ugh. the type on this poster because it's... Horrific. Oh, um, yeah. Um, they so it's a font called Impact. Um, yeah, that's a word for it. Is the name <laughs> of the font, but they decided to, like, for the C, use, like, the head of a hammer to, like, do the cutout for the C, the bowl <laughs> is uh-huh. what it's called. Um, wow. And then, for whatever reason, the <laughs> entire logotype is in orange, but then they decided to make the T silver like a nail. and beveled like it's 3d so it's a nail and it's guess what it's dripping blood mm, that's so much it's so, so much, much and so unnecessary and like, what a shame because that image is oh yeah loaded, the poster you know? i really enjoy the poster mm. that's that's great imagery i like the sort of surreal um sunsetty sky with the how the house is like I don't like how it's kind of off center. Yes, that's, yeah, that's annoying. Yeah. I'm like, just it move it over a little. Like, yeah. it's not enough to make it look intentional. Um, it's like you remember it's when like you, it looks like you just needed like just a little, a little bit more space. Yeah. Do you ever like do one of those kind of posters in school where you had to like write you know a name on a poster and you get to the end and you're like oh I'm running out of space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, your yes. handwriting gets really skinny. It's yeah. like they did that but with a house. Yeah. <laughs> so that I don't love, but I do love like the the like orange. They decide it's like sunset and like because mm-hmm. obviously he mostly shows up at night. Although yeah. he does have some days. Well, just randomly towards the end. Yeah, he dances. Yeah. Yeah, the, the house like, gets stronger. These very yeah. ominous clouds, yeah. like, no, building good. forward. Um, yeah. And here's uh, the, the thing. It's palette. like, we... The only reason why you'd want to have such stylized things with the carpenter is... That shows, like, the nail head, is if you didn't know what a carpenter was. But huh. I think everybody knows what a carpenter is. You don't have to put a nail and a hammer to tell us that. Or at least not both. Well, definitely not both. Never both. <laughs> Never. Look, it sounds like they were really hammering home a point. Yeah, it, it, wow. it's like it's, it's like that, that um, fashion advice where it's like before you leave the house, take off one accessory. This poster needed to do that. Yes. <laughs> um, surprisingly, no sequels. Wow, shocker! Yeah. I would have I would have paid a lot of money to see Return of the Carpenter. I would have loved to see like they've left the house and someone comes in and Wings is still there. Yeah, like, yeah, like there's just a little bit of like there's one nail left yeah. on like the foundation. Yeah, Ooh, I love that, yeah. and it could be Kohlhauser this time. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> um, 
David Wellington directed this. He did not do much else as far as like horror goes at all. Um, he's done some other movies. I love a man in a uniform in '93, Long Days Journey in the Night '96 of Murder. Was in there a movie called I Love a Man in a Uniform, or was that just an aside? Um, no, that's th- the name of the movie. That was my aside. Okay, okay yeah. was, like before I talk about David Wellington, I, I love, love a man in a uniform. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it what? was just so natural. I wasn't yeah, sure. It, um, he's, I mean, who does he's done a lot of TV, so he did um, 11th Hour, Queer as Folk, oh, um, nice. Saving Hope, Rookie Blue, Orphan Black, so a lot of modern, mm-hmm. lots of yeah, colorful. Yeah, so he's still yeah. working. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, which is good. Yeah, I love that. Uh, the writer, Doug Taylor, did um, Splice in 2009, and then... What? Yeah. <laughs> Splice? Yeah. The, the, um, yeah. yeah. The Adrian uh-huh. Brody, yeah, yeah. the weird alien, alien sex movie. movie. Yeah. 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 And yeah. then um, A Christmas Story. A Christmas Horror Story. A Christmas Story. Horror Story yeah, from the 2015. An- the anthology one? Anthology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which yeah. I really yeah. like. I yeah. do, too. Yeah. The one with uh, Shatner is in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Also doing other things. Um, Pierre Bundock? Boondock? It's not Boondock. Bundock? Boondock. Boondock. Um, he did the score, and that was all he ever did. He also scored and directed his own short called The White Piano, and that's all he did. The score is weird. It's got, like, the vague allusion to John Carpenter, right? It's like, but with none of the, the finesse. finesse. Yeah. It's like it's like a tapping sound with a pan flute on it. It's like, uh-huh. it's like, a, it's like Picnic and Hanging Rock. With no talent and a and a and a ping pong match, uh, it's it's I don't know how to describe it. It's odd. It's it's odd. It's, it's like a march, like a marching beat, but with one note. Yes, mm-hmm. it's very obviously like someone. They were like, "Do we know anyone who can make music?" And someone was like, "Oh, my friend Pierre, like, kind of does." Yeah. And they're yeah. like, sure. "Wasn't there one, or did I dream this? Um, <laughs> like one part where there was like weird, like." flute like out of nowhere like it was signaling something like, and then nothing else happened yeah superfluous oh, yeah. flute yeah. it's a re- it's a real problem like, in canada <laughs> like a woo flute you know yeah, yeah it was, it like, was, it was, it was like, like kind of a flute. like a saxophone sting yeah like a, like yeah. a soap opera sting yeah again yeah. like and it's because of moments again like that that make this feel very tv to me yes like because those weird like musical cues that yeah. like aren't quite really important for anything and, and the transitions between scenes especially in the first act are very jagged yes they make no um, sense even That's the, right. the cut, not not even the weird like dream to reality cuts right. but like from night to the next morning like there's kind of, there's not there's kind of a break in the audio in the transitions yeah. and it, literally even just the very first scene like her cutting the suit and her husband walks in and immediately it's just like crossfades into this like hospital scene where yes. there's like no fallout or discussion between her and her husband yeah and like it's it's just very much like oh and i guess that was a nervous breakdown because it's now she's in a mental like ward like yes. okay it is dreamlike it, yes it is yeah. dreamlike it, it, and talking about the cross dissolves there's this kind of weird moment where it basically tries to replicate from texas chainsaw massacre that really famous shot where it goes under the swing and he's kind of coming up uh-huh. close to the house you know that famous shot from Texas Chainsaw mm-hmm. Massacre, right? It kind of does that, only it does that shot and then reverse angle shot and but cross dissolves back and forth <laughs> yeah. unnecessarily yeah. between yeah. them. And I'm like, do you know what? Ambition is great. Yeah. <laughs> Full stop. Yeah. Full star for really giving your all. Yeah, yeah. No, my favorite is like right in the beginning when she's walking up to the house for the first time, just her walk to the porch, there was like, 10 cuts yeah. yeah, of her doing that. I'm like, I mean, her walking to the porch isn't important. And <laughs> yeah. you could do that in 
may two cuts i think would be plenty yeah and like three seconds you know what's weird though is it's not that's not consistent throughout the movie no, no so it's good, almost like though. when they were yeah, editing no, though because yes. that's not something obviously that happens while you're filming because you don't film in order yeah. most of the time but it feels like almost like the editor started and was like fuck man we're going balls to the wall we're going crazy with this movie like we're really going to bring it and then halfway through he's like this is too much work yeah <laughs> and like and mellowed the fuck out and, yeah. but to, to some degree I'm reading into this far too much it kind of <laughs> fits with her arc so much as yeah. it is in that it, she yeah. starts off in this kind of dreamy beaten down kind jagged, of I'm yeah. jagged kind of broken floating through time and space state right and then she as she starts to develop strength it kind of pulls the film kind of starts to pull itself into line into in it in its technique to some degree there is sort of? zero part of me that thinks that was deliberate deliberate <laughs> but, but there is but every part of also, me that it makes sense we're yes. on a podcast where we're talking for an hour and a half about a movie called the carpenter yeah. so i mean that's no, what you do but also the thing is just whether or not it's deliberate, it's happening and it yeah. works. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Like, it is not necessarily... It might just be a sign of incompetence, but it's serving a certain part of the narrative in a way that isn't entirely successful, but does something interesting. Um, yes. So, yeah. Uh, what a movie. Yeah, <laughs> I still just, like, talking about it so much and reliving it, and I'm like, I kind of want to rewatch it. Uh, so it does, as we discussed, it stars uh, Wingshauser as Edward Bird, who is the carpenter. Um, Edward Bird. Bird, Bird House. Oh my yeah. god, it's there all coming go. together. Uh, and then Lynn Adams, who is our final girl, um, as house. Alice Jarrett. <laughs> um, Wingshauser is easily the big name in this. Quote, around big. Yeah. Uh, biggest. Yeah, yeah. biggest. Uh, yeah. And then there's a slew of other people that no don't one matter. that don't matter. But I do really appreciate Beverly Murray as Crazy Woman, <laughs> um, and then as Brennan mentioned, uh, Teresa um, Jutris as Bleeding Woman. Yeah, so. I really like that the sheriff. So, you know, it's like nurse Bleeding Woman, but the sheriff is literally Sheriff Jonah JJ Johnston. <laughs> so, so you like. Know. Ron Lee, by the way, plays him. Probably knew the director or something. Yeah, it's like, exactly. listen, I really want to flesh my character out. Yeah, yeah. My, my CV needs a name. Wait, that, I think that was the guy who was like talking like really strangely. Yeah, who was telling her the backstory of the yeah. of the house. Yeah. 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 And then just vanished from the movie. Yeah. yeah. So, oh, you know you what? Know. Richard Jutris plays Mr. Mort. So him and Teresa, I bet, are... Related? Related, yeah. So Mr. Morton, the Bleeding Woman. Maybe there's some weird backstory about Morton, the Bleeding Woman. Mort is my favorite character in this movie. He's introduced staring off into space in a catatonic state, just playing a a set of those paint like ruler things like as drumsticks against the counter, and just she walks up to him and he does not stop. It's does Mort, is he the one who interviews her? Yeah. Yes, the interview is fantastic. fantastic. Because he's basically like what qualifies you for this? And she's like, nothing. And he's like, what were you doing before this? She's like, I had a mental breakdown. He's like, no, sweet, no, you're hired. It's the longest it's line. The longest I don't know line. everything, but it, it's like, well, um, I had a full-on nervous breakdown and I was institutionalized for two months and I've been released very shortly and continue to have like violent hallucinogenic nightmares, but I don't think that'll interfere with my job performance. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And he goes, he's like, you're hired. You're hired. Yeah. It's so bizarre. Yeah. But I feel and like... It's so like deadpan, but yes. like they... Like, both actors thought that would be a normal conversation to have. Yeah. It's surreal. It's, it's so it's surreal. It's fun. So much of this movie, I feel like, and it, I feel like maybe does it a little bit on purpose, is 
does want you to think that she does not have a full cognitive like touch with reality mm -hmm. because like I, I think it wants you to, at least for a while, question whether or not wings exist. Yes. Uh -huh. um, because, like, the way that she's, like, in the, the, the home, like, right before she leaves, and there's that very odd scene with the doctor, and he's, like, got the hammer or the axe or whatever, and he's, mm -hmm. like, or he's, like, going to cut her tube, and then, uh -huh. like, it quickly transitions to them just oh, yeah. leaving, and he's, like, very nice. Yes. Um, and charming, and then, like, all the, even, like, the weird stuff with Mort, where it's, like, this very odd conversation, he's, like, yeah, you're hired, as soon as you're, like what the fuck is happening here? Yes. Like, what, yeah. what is, like, how much of this is reality and how much of this is, like, is she having, like, these violent like um, hallucinations or, like, these weird hallucinations? Like, are we seeing this through her lens that's distorted? Yeah. Or are we actually in a supernatural slasher movie? Yeah. Is this actually happening or did she just drink a Red Bull and it's giving her wings? And I think she... Oh, my God. <laughs> I think uh, the two of you could just write a book of puns. We are <laughs> going on tour. Yeah. We should. I do should. think Absolutely. that, like, I'll she I'll just do my even... impression. The boy. <laughs> you can That's open for us. Yeah. I'll, and I'll introduce you, and I'll be like, here they are. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me so happy. Um, and I even think because, like, her, react like, her reactions even initially are so subdued that mm -hmm. I think she's like, this isn't real. The only yeah. moment she has a visceral reaction is in a, a sequence where you kind of suspect it's a dream and is confirmed where she's being cracked onto by the carpenter who is dressed out in, like, his good linens. He's, he's traded in his, you know, his flannelette flannel shirts for linens and he basically is about to crack onto her and he unzips his fly and then she screeches uncontrollably and then the sound of a drill just like fills the scene <sighs> yes it's there's something going on in this film you know what i mean like that's this is um this is a thing this is a thing Ugh. it is very much so it's a supernatural slasher yes um because wings is a ghost I he's guess. definitely he's a, a personification of the house yeah he's yeah. like a manifestation of a person that is like linked to the energy of yeah. this house, right? So, he, so he is a ghost. He's a ghost that has ties to the house. Right. If, the ha if something happens to the house, then you know, obviously, something happens to him. That's including, how he still hasn't passed on. Yeah, including a spectacular full body burn stunt effect in the end. Yeah, one of the best wow. I've ever seen. Yeah. One of the best, you know. He so looked... much that I was like, I like feel concerned for that stunt. Uh, no, I was yeah. like, that guy's dead. Yeah, yeah. yeah. he's dead. He's <laughs> for dead. sure. Like, we should look that up. And, the... <laughs> and that, they knew that they were filming gold because of all the superfluous cuts that there happened. No in cuts. It. No cuts. Yeah. No, that no, guy yeah. is like, just. There is a guy with like a fire extinguisher who's being held back by a crew member yeah. under, under threat of his life to let this guy burn five more frames. Yeah, yeah David Wellington was like, motherfucker, we're yeah, that's right, one exactly, shot. exactly. This is Canada. They will burn. Yeah. What if you only had one shot? This is it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's a great image. It's whoa. It's really good. Uh, so, yeah. so Edward Bird is our killer, um, and his motive is. To finish the house, to have sex with Alice, to to oh. protect her, yeah. yeah, to be to, to finish the house and to fill it with a woman he can right. like have, 
Yeah. Yeah. And and the, the irony there is that when she's kind of attracted to that plan, right. you know, in the in the initial stages because it's so different to what exactly. she's had. It's the complete and, yes. most it, it's like a violent overcorrect from her husband. Absolutely. It's someone and it, who wants her too. Right, that's exactly right. right. And it ends up being like this kind of really kind of nice poetic little palindrome in that she ends up exactly where she began and she needs to get out of there and no one's going to get her out of there except for well, her yeah. own... So that's you the know? thing. It's like she's trying to escape. Like this Ed Bird is recognizing that she needs to be saved from her marriage. And yes. he's trying to come in and save her. When all reality, I mean, she doesn't need to be saved. Mm-hmm. That's like something that she is capable of doing on her own but she needs to come to that realization and she does when the mistress comes in and then she's like okay this is the reality like i'm gonna fucking take care of this myself yeah and then she's attracted to our carpenter because against all odds yeah he's Mm. you know like (laughs) he's he's, you know big and he's you know spouting all this stuff about how Nobody has a work ethic and nobody's like treats women the right way is basically what he's trying to say. He protects her from like the rapey construction worker guy. And so he's he's that guy that like you think is like it's like your friend brings him around and she was like an abusive relation before and she brings this guy who you think, Oh no, so it's really great. He dotes on her. He's really protective, blah, blah, blah. And then you just see the abusive side of that, where it's just as controlling, where it's like, no, you're mine, you're my woman, I'm going to protect you, I'm going to tell you what's bad for you, what's not good for you, and that's what he's doing. He's literally murdering people in the the sake of saving her. Yeah, yeah. That's that's, not okay. That's not okay. (laughs) And that's where the slasher aspect comes into it, because there's your your body count. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. Uh, we have a body count of five. Which is, Which is decent. That's decent. Especially for a movie this it's, focused on something else. Yes. yes. So it is low for... It's pretty low our for, average. for our average. But for something that feels so tonally not in vain with that... For a slasher like, that's not really driven by its slashing. Right. Yeah. It's not. Yeah. Mm. The plot is not driven by that. No. It helps... If anything, this is one of the one the movies the most where the slashing helps develop our final girl. Yep, more yes. than anything. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And so, I mean, I, we've pretty much gone over like very much the beginning of the movie, um, and like leading up and being mentioned, like he kills a man, and the, so that man yeah, is Roland, construction worker. Yeah, he comes number in. one. He, he yeah. looks like um. He looks like Fat Val Kilmer. He looks is like that. Who I think Filma. he looks like? I think he looks like Val Kilmer from Top Gun if he was as fat as Val Kilmer is now. Hmm. Not like yeah. and not like maybe that's, bogged down that's with who the, I'm seeing. He really looks like somebody, so and maybe it's Val Kilmer. Uh, I do Isn't think Val Kilmer like bleached in Top Gun. Um, yeah, in Top Gun, but like in real, um, like in uh, uh, Top Secret and like Real Genius, he's not. So like you know what he looks like without being bleach blonde. Um, look, he's in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang too. He looks yeah. like Fat Val Kilmer. Yeah. 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 It's Val Kilmer. Yeah. Is it Val Kilmer? No, that guy's not. That guy, if unless Fat Val Kilmer traveled back in time to be in The Carpenter. Is Val Kilmer French? French-Canadian? <laughs> no, <laughs> um, Roland was Johnny... Johnny. Johnny Cuthbert. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is, do you think he's related to Alicia Cuthbert? Oh, Is it fuck, Cuthbert? I, I thought it was so. Cuth. Uh, who knows? I don't know. I don't it's claim to know. Yeah, no idea. But, so he is our first kill... 
because um, he hits on her and she has. Uh, it's hits very Ryan. He does not hit on her at first. Okay, I'm no, like, that I'm is talking. Not what being no, hit no, 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 no. Like. Okay, <laughs> he he hit her. Do not confuse me. Yeah. No, I'm talking when he's like... There was hitting. No, yeah. the part where he's in her windowsill in the day. Yes. And okay. like he like, yeah. he flirts with her poorly, and she's 0% interested. Mm-hmm. And then she he shows up at, like, at night because he knows the husband's not there, and he's the worst. He's so creepy. And he... Yeah, like, he gets on top of her within, like, a minute of yeah. walking into the house. Yeah. And then she's just still kind of being like, well, yeah, okay, you need to leave. Like, it's really weird, too, because he's like... I'm, I I love you. I I can't stop thinking about you. And I was like, you've met her this afternoon. Yeah. And like in the windowsill for <laughs> two minutes. You guys yeah. Met, yeah. Yeah. Oh, was that puppy in the window? Um. Mm-hmm. So Wingshauser does show up <laughs> and um just cuts his arms off with a buzzsaw and with such casual applause. Oh, yeah. So casual. It's also That's... very Monty Python. It is because his arms so just like is. disappear and then it looks like his arms are tucked yeah. in. Yeah. So it is sure. Like, it's like it's coming but out. a scratch. It's but a scratch. Yeah. Uh yes. Seven arms. Ugh. And um and this was like to me like the first like a big indication at least that she doesn't even think it's real because yeah. her reaction is literally She's just like standing there okay. looking at it. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. cut his arms off. The, like, that tracks. Yeah, the only part I didn't like about that is Roland himself is like mute. Yes. Like he's just mm-hmm. I mean I think if my arms got chopped off I'd have a reaction. If it doesn't necessarily hurt, it's quite a shock. You know, I would I would yelp. Like, I make worse sounds I, stubbing my toe. I was going to say, I think even just being startled by a man you've never yeah. seen, yeah. like, in front of you, <laughs> with a, you know, a saw, that would be startling. You might make a noise. Yes. That's the only thing that was weird about that scene. Like, her, that made sense, and that helped drive home the whole, like, well, he's not real, she's imagining mm-hmm. it, yeah. sort of idea. And I guess that makes sense with Roland, but except for we know that he actually died. And yeah, and then but then there's, it's kind of cleaned up, and we think we're we're kind of left questioning: Did that happen or not? But there's one little drop of blood right. on yeah. the ground. Was it who found the husband? The, does the it? Husband. And he thinks it's wine, and he thinks it's yeah. wine. Yeah, the the most gross looking, thick kind of viscous, viscous yeah. wine you could possibly find. Um, yeah, and so what's the next kill after that? Um, before we get there, I have to point out that Johnny Cuthbert has over 60 credits to his name on IMDb, and he's still actively active. Good for him. Yeah. Way to go. He was in John Tucker Must Die. Oh. oh. Skip number three. Oh. Aww. Yep. Oh, he was also, I really liked him uh, in all, that Do role. all of his names like have like a numerical oh. hashtag? Well, next yeah. Time? I mean, they're not like always the best. One is um, Flashback Dad. Um, yeah, that's a good look, one. One look, is Patrick uh, Wilson played that role in Prometheus. Uh, yeah, well, that's true, exactly. One is man, <laughs> man. Um, I like man a lot. One is heckler, which is good. That's a good. That's a um, another role. good one. Yeah. And he played this in two episodes of Cold Squad. Was Myra's pimp? Oh, oh yeah, oh. he's got an eclectic career. That's for sure. Yeah, look, work is work. Absolutely. Yeah. Sixty credits. That's pretty good. Not related to Alicia Cuthbert. Oh, that's however right. you want to say it. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Um, so our next kill is Barnes. Who is the man who gets his face handed off? That's mm. pretty cool. Yeah, that's the that's part of the pair of construction workers. Oh, who are breaking yes, in. Mm-hmm. Barnes. Yeah, yes. so Barnes and Landis. So yeah. they get fired for monkeying around. Yep. And they Literally. come back to steal tools so mm. they can start their own construction biz. Which and is how you do it. Yeah, and then so this is like furthering our like 
saving, like trying to paint our carpenter as like, well, he's doing a good thing. Mm-hmm. Here are these guys, they're breaking into their home, they're stealing these power tools. Yeah. Like, he's just... Defending the home. He's homestead. just defending the home. He's just doing what he needs to do. Yeah. And so Barnes has his face handed off, and then Landis, our other um, construction worker, is drilled in the throat. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, that one's really good. Uh, and then uh, we don't get another kill until Laura Bell. Yeah. Who's the yeah. mistress. Who is the mistress who comes out and decides to tell um, yeah. Alice. So that... part of that, is that when we find out she's pregnant? Yeah, she kind of, yeah, I think she spills it. Yeah. Yeah, at that point. And that's soon thereafter... Alice coming home from Mort's covered right, in covered, covered in, yeah, the paint. in paint, and she gets there, and the yeah. mistress is there, and they have this confrontation, and then out comes the carpenter. He nails her, right? Yeah. Well, he well he kind of guides Alice's hand. Yeah. In a ghost like scenario. Yes, that's right. Oh, yeah, it is like yeah. that's right. The pot. Yeah. It is very like uh-huh. unchained melody. Like, oh, we're gonna do this together. <laughs> yeah. I'm I wish that song you. fucking played. Oh man. In the carpenter. Oh my gosh, that would be so good. The, oh my love! Right? We'll remake it. Yeah, we'll, the, the, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And by don't, remake, don't, yeah. we just change nothing, but we just put shot for shot remake. Yeah. Shot for shot remake. Oh my gosh! We'll I want to do. We'll delete a couple cross dissolves. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who would you cast as the carpenter? Yeah. Oh, oh wow! Oh, that's a great question. Who would I cast? It needs Someone to be some like Adam Ryan. Driver. No. Yeah. Come on. He's tiny. He's very big. He's tall. He looks like a toothpick, a like frog face toothpick. I think I <laughs> I pick him because he's charming, but ugly. no, he's not. No, I think he's no, charming. No. You you have a chance to this improve this character. Says, no. I don't want to improve the character. Well, what do we want? Do we want someone? Do we want a beefcake? Wait, like, do, yeah. okay. Are we trying Kinda. to actually? Yeah, are think, we trying to cast someone who's a prawn? Or are we no, actually, no, no. Some, someone who could reasonably seduce a woman, but he's kind of in that like. Toxic masculine kind of uh, like Javier Bardem. Oh, no. okay. No. What about Why? what about the no. guy from the movie that we watched today? You know, from Pet Cemetery, the Australian. Jason oh, Parker. yeah. He's so boring. Yeah, he is boring. He's, he's so no, boring, like and there's has nothing like, charming he, about him. He has that. I reckon he has uh, can have a bit of swagger, but he also has something within that's like, oh, you, you're not no, quite I right. Like, <laughs> like Wings at least more. is charming. What about? He's not attractive, but he has a certain amount of charm because, like you said, it's confidence. Mm. It needs to be someone like dark and kind of alluring. Like mm. I don't know how Javier Bardem is not the man you're looking he's for. Too old. Yeah, he's too old. How old do you think Wings Hauser was when this was made? Not. We're trying in to his fix late this. 50s. <sighs> Fine. I don't think Javier Bardem is also in his late fifties. But I don't know. Maybe yeah, he, is. he looks like it. Yeah, he's been around forever. forever. He's fifty. There you go. Yeah, whatever. Late fifties. Same difference. <laughs> if I I can guarantee you, as a red blooded man, if Javier Bardem was in my basement in the middle of the night, I'd be fucking shit scared. <laughs> I would be out of there. He plays a lot of villains. <laughs> I would be like out if, of if, if like, honestly, like if Edward James almost, I I kind of am scared of him, especially in Selena. Okay, what about like Tom Hardy? I was yes. Yeah. Oh, what about two... what about the guy from um up upgrade um yeah, Logan, Logan Marshall Green? Oh, yeah, that'd be good. Yeah, I like that. I like that. Like a bigger guy who is like, but looks like you know. Because Tom Hardy like looks and... like he can fuck you up. Yeah, like uh, I want someone who's big, but he's... not like Tom Hardy's like broad. 
He's yes. in all. Yeah, he's... I mean, uh, trust me, there's yeah. no... No part of this conversation is me saying Tom Hardy's not the most attractive man yeah. ever. But, ever. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I think yeah. Logan Marshall Green fits the, the bill more. Yeah, right. so yeah. somebody like that who you can, like, has that look where charming, attractive... And plus, his voice for this would be perfect. Yeah. Like, him talking to her while he's building, painting that, that um, birdhouse. Amazing. It'd be, it'd be amazing, yeah. Um, now, who plays Alice? Um, someone... You know, flighty. Mm-hmm. Like like a Luna Lovegood type. Mm-hmm. But not as crazy. Oh, oh my not God. as frantic. <laughs> Luna Lovegood in a basement. <laughs> yeah. Someone with a weird, yeah. sexually driven carpenter. Some, this movie sounds great. Someone who can rock a diaphanous nightgown. Mm, mm. I mean, I think like a... Well, like a, I'd, I'd cast like a... Not current and not Nightmare Three, but like Patricia Arquette, like in yeah, between that's those. Yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah someone very, very accurate. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know about someone currently though. Yeah, you have to. You have to like. Oh, Julianne Moore. I would do that. She's too old. Mm-hmm. Where is she? <laughs> <laughs> don't sit here and tell me Javier Bardem. No, I but bet she Moore. doesn't need to be specifically like the sex object of desire. Um, because she's we's... fifty-eight. Okay. I, th- I think that, that it would make for a really loaded, great thing for it to be a Julianne Moore and a younger, mo- and a younger yeah. man. It's easier to like be seduced by that, too. Like, I just hate Julianne Moore. Okay. <gasps> oh, okay, all right. We're not getting into that. Okay. That's a whole hour conversation. Can we do a Tony Collette? Is that not okay? No, move on. Let's move on. Let's She's move on. too good for this movie. Yeah. Plus, we're making this movie. Yeah. We want it to be good. We're the best. I was this yeah, close geez. to getting Julianne Moore in this yeah. room right now, okay? I'll take Tony Collette. Okay. Yeah. Diplomatic. We will discuss. Although she's got like an edge to her that I don't think would work necessarily. That's true. Anyway, it doesn't matter. We're and not no. actually making this movie. So, or she, are we? Yeah. Florence Pugue could do it. I think after watching... Midsummer. Yeah, yes. she could. Yeah. That's a good. That's a good choice. Yeah, that's I a great she choice. Could do it, and she's. Yeah, no. I, yeah, that's, yeah. That's she would basically choice. be yeah. playing the exact same character with yeah, the perfect. exact same arc. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically, that's yeah. great. You know, um, but a thing just before we move on from that kill. All right, so she's kind of you know Patrick Swayze ghost. You know, yeah, nails the machine gun. The machine gun. And then she's on the ground, and at that point, does someone come in? The husband, the husband comes, comes in, in yeah. and then Alice says to him, hard to have sex with her now. Yeah. yeah. And I'm just like, oh, the shade? Yeah, yeah. Alice really, she goes off the chain yeah. in this scene. She really breaks forth into, I don't know, she blossoms. She blossoms. And that's our last kill, right? Uh, well, uh, the husband does. Husband does. Yeah. Yeah. Husband. And he's... Oh, yeah, of course. The vice? That's... Yeah. The head vice? Yeah. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's like, it's squeezed between the two. Which is always like a legit, like one of the worst ways to die for me. Anytime I, Mm. getting crushed in any sort of fashion, I'm always like, that just seems like it'd be the fucking worst. Yeah. 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 You know, like when you're hungover and your head feels like all tight and stuff? Like just imagine that feeling like times a thousand. To the point in which you die. Yeah. Your your face Uh. explodes. Like it was, yeah, that was, I find heads in like vices really distressing. I remember it's in Toby Hooper's um, uh, uh, Toolbox Murders and it reminded me of like a number of kind of just 
it's the most impractical way to kill someone. But yes. The most um, one of the most effective things well, to watch happen to someone. Because there's the, time. There's yeah, time, time to time. build suspense. Right. It's, yeah. not it's the like, cranking. Yeah. It's the cranking. It's like going up a roller coaster. Like it's yeah. not so scary. Like when you're on it, it's the cranking to get to the very top yeah. that's terrifying. Yeah, the rest of it's yeah, fine because that gore effect is not very good. Oh no, it's not great. No, it's just like a puddle of blood on the ground. Yeah, like, it's oh, an impressive okay. puddle. It's a good puddle, but it's like thick. It's 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 thicker than the wine. Yeah, yeah. that's certainly that's... for sure. But you know, it's the kind of you know, if you're going to be like a serial killer, don't ever expect to say oh, it was self defense. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, like he fell into no, my exactly. knife ten times. No, no, yeah. uh, he fell into the winch and then I, I fell over and I landed on the crank and yeah, boom. yeah. and it free spun and it free spun so it just yeah. crashed. Uh, yeah, I actually think like that kill was one of the more boring ones for being the last one and for being the husband. Yeah, yeah, but it's drawn out, which is yeah, it's it's, it's he's it's, meant to suffer, which right. I like. Yes, it's meant to not be <laughs> yeah. something mm-hmm. quick. I do appreciate because the... he's spouting off shit to him. Oh right? yeah, While he's killing him. I mean, he talks. He talks so much. Yeah. The husband? Well, oh, yeah. Oh, the carpenter? The yeah, carpenter. The carpenter yeah. is very chatty. Yes, he Edgar. is. He is a very, yeah. yeah. He's a very chatty man. Um, One of our chattier killers, for sure. Um, the most chatty. He's laconic. He's like, yeah, you know. He's what casual, it? too. He's just oh, hanging out. Super casual, yeah. yes. Like, with everything he says Everything, to his behavior, it's all like, well, this is what I'm, this is a normal thing to do. Mm-hmm. The entire time. Yeah, um, and I do appreciate, though, the commitment to using carpentry tools for all the kills. Yes. Mm-hmm. I love a good theme. Yep. It's on Absolutely. theme. It's yeah. on theme. I, if you, so I didn't if you pick a, ste- a theme and then stick to it, that's a that's points on my uh-huh. book. Yeah. Does he stay in the same outfit the whole time? No, because uh, he, he no. has his linen suit. He's that, yeah, he, he does have that for, really for, 80s yeah. shoulder pad. Oh, like well, Miami okay, Vice time. Oh, suit. Yeah. But like all the whenever else he appears, yes. is it the I same? Think yeah, as always, a carpenter, it's always the same. It's that red flannel and those blue jeans, and, he, and his tool belt. You yeah. Know? yeah, yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. that's what I thought. Yeah. I wonder how a ghost gets a new outfit. Well, Which that time? was a dream. The yeah. suit the, scene. Oh yeah, because that's the one time that she oh, does true. bolt up, you know, West yeah. Craven style. All right. You know? Yeah, I didn't I forgive that logic. Yeah. Because how much of this like consistency? Craven ate you. Oh, it was a lot. You know, because, like... It reminded me of Shocker. Okay, so I was thinking, I'm like... Because I recently watched Shocker, and I was like, okay, Shocker is basically... You took Nightmare and applied it to, like, an entertainment setting. Mm-hmm. And, like, used electricity yes. instead of, like, dreams. Yeah. And I'm like, this is, like... I'm, I, like, watch this, and I'm like, kind of like... Yeah, it's kind of like you were like, what if it was a tool man? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I wish it was Tim the Tool Man. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Can you imagine? I'd love. I just want him to like make his like barking noises yeah. as uh-huh. he kills. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that would be great. Okay. So that, that was on be point. By the way. That was really good. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. I practiced that one a long, yeah. a lot as a child. <laughs> that would be if we remade the movie. That'd be the other thing. Like that'd yeah. be the Easter egg. Yeah. <laughs> like he'd do so, like at some point when he turns, he'd be like. Oh. Um, Alice Jarrett is our final girl, um, and I mean, we've talked about her yeah. a lot, and mm-hmm. I think we all obviously like Alice, and yeah, yeah. yeah. she has a very good arc. I relate yeah. to her a lot. Um, like, a more yeah. solid arc than a lot of final girls that we have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. And you know what's one. interesting is a lot of times in slasher movies, sometimes I feel like your final girl doesn't always feel like the lead. Um, like because she's sharing the screen with so many people and then it's mm-hmm. not until the end of the movie that you're like well she's our final girl so she's like 
Like, Alice is the lead throughout, which I think is... a super four slasher. It's a tiny cast. Right. Yeah. 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 And she's the lead throughout, but also, like, that... And I don't want to give this movie too much credit, but the best final girls are those girls. Like, those girls that are, like, they're, like, you're... I feel like she... The like movie's her... about them and what's happening to them. Yes. It happens to right. be that there's a slasher movie happening around Right, them. and you know a you know a final girl is really good when the killer is also, like, interesting at least, and she still stands out. Because, like, you look at, like, Nancy, where Freddy could easily, like, be, and he is the star of that movie, but Nancy is such a strong final girl yeah. that she is, the fin- she is the lead of mm-hmm. that movie. Mm-hmm. And same thing with, like, with Sid is like Ghostface is an entertaining killer like and and so like and even once we have a face attached to it like Skeet Ulrich Mm -hmm. but Sid is very much like the lead of that movie and she's and even more like Sid sharing the screen but like I I did get that with her because like it'd be easy to look like Wings gets top billing in this but realistically he's not the star of the movie Mm -hmm. um like at all no but like they definitely build him like going into it you expect him to be the star of the movie yeah um, so I do, I, I do like Alice quite a bit. Um, I will, before we get like super into like the ending stuff and like a kind of where we're going to rank and everything, the one thing I want to note from, this movie's not great. <laughs> I think we've kind of yeah. spoken it up a little bit. We yeah. have yeah. for sure. And so I think you'll appreciate it actually more with the kind of overtones that would, we've applied to it. Yeah. Come with that approach. Cause mm-hmm. it definitely stands up to that approach yes it does it's not like we're projecting this onto the film no it's not something at all that you can watch and i think if you have that perspective yourself or you're familiar with that perspective you can go i recognize that yeah yeah, yeah. but make no mistake it's fucking goofy it's Ooh, a yeah. really oh, wacky yeah. goofy movie like <laughs> i think you put it best like it's it's looney tunes yeah like, yeah. like a lot of it feels cartoonish yeah um well, but there's yeah, just a lot of good thing, stuff to take away it's been one week since you looked at me. Sorry. Yeah. It's been, I don't know. Did you just bare like naked ladies on? Yeah. <laughs> I'm Canadian. So on theme. Uh, on theme. Yeah. Watch Next Files with no lights on. We're it's been a couple years since I've tried watching Hellraiser. It's not for me whatsoever. Mm-hmm. I couldn't jive with it. I didn't end up finishing it because um, I had to do something and it's just something I've never had the desire. I watched... I think almost all of it. I felt mm. like I watched two hours. And maybe uh-huh. I didn't. Probably didn't. Anywho... This movie, like, weirdly gave me serious, like, vibes of that film, of, like, Hellraiser, but, like, the beginning of that movie. Mm-hmm. We yes. were introduced to, like, the wife and, like, sort of the weird affair situation that's going on. Obviously, yeah. none of the body horror stuff yeah. at all. There's no melting people in the attics yeah. or whatever. But I think just sort of that weird surrealist part of Hellraiser and yes. that sort of, like, home marital dynamic... Yeah. The, the thing that I respond to most, and and I do love Hellraiser, the thing that I love about Hellraiser is that it, its first act setup is essentially just this incredibly gothic um, domestic drama to an almost Greek mythology style yeah. archetypes. And it's all set against this very plain, kind of very British, dull looking, wet, miserable, cold kind of, you know, suburban street, right? Right. And this has that as well. I was, yeah. I actually. When I was, all right, between beers, I wrote some things down about this damn movie, right? Uh-huh. And uh, one, just words and expressions that were popping. And one of them was like Canadian Gothic. It Ooh, just, I like that. I think there was something about it that was so 
<laughs> it's arch. Arch and miserable. And, and, but also just those archetype kind of, uh, you know, perceptions of what happiness should be or is, you know what I mean? It's, and that, that seriously resonated with me. I, I also, <laughs> um, I actually, I might as well, I might as well bring up some of this stuff. I was writing down alternate movie titles oh my God. This, I can't throughout the, <laughs> throughout the movie, just okay. based on kind of like, I don't know, um, well, let me have a look. I've got all these little pieces of paper here. He really does homework. I, yeah. uh, I look. So I look like a serial. I look like a serial killer. Just so you know, with all these little red writings. Um, I don't know. It, it kind of actually reminded me a lot. Oh, you know, of other movies, right? It reminded me a little <laughs> bit of Inland Empire. Okay. It's like it's like the Inland Empire of really shitty slashes. You know, <laughs> there's a, there's a lot of David Lynch stuff going on. Um, Oh gosh, I can't find where I wrote the. I think the other, the one title that kind of um, spoke to me was like a house with a cock in its walls. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> and also parentheses hack saw or uh, the hand that the hands that built the cradle and like things <laughs> like that. Um, so just puns. Just puns. <laughs> uh, oh, and also Pacific Heights, comma Quebec. <laughs> and also Fatal Construction. Oh, <laughs> wow. Perfect. Yeah. So, but also, the thing that kind of, like, that I think what I was going with with that is what I thought this movie starting off was going to be like, kind of like one of those trashy late 80s, early mm. 90s domestic thrillers. And I'm like, oh, no, it's going to be a slasher. Oh, wait, it's going to be a supernatural slasher. And then by the end of it, you're like, holy shit, it's this... Metatextual feminist piece that kind of yeah. you know we're almost taps into yeah there's there's lots of Craven in that but there's a lot of George Romero in that as well. Mm. It reminded me a lot of one of those his little quiet little films called Season of the Witch, which he made yeah. before D- Martin even, which is kind of about like a persecuted housewife who is beaten up and in in her dreams is kept in cages by her husband, who have essentially comes into her, her own when she discovers witchcraft. And eventually, kind of builds her strength and agency through through that. through that, and it reminded me a lot of that. So it's there's there's a lot going on here, but goofy as yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah. yeah. A lo- but yeah. that's it's charming. It, it is, is it charming is. There, it is. because there is a big difference between something that is so. There's a big difference between something that's so like wild and nonsensical that you can't keep an interest and like yeah. you're just like I th- I have no beats to follow here yeah. and like yeah. I don't understand what's happening and it, on top of it it's not fun but this movie like is nonsensical but in a dream state which makes things more fun and then the like it's it's like he, when it gives you enough like suspense and mystery that you want to keep watching because you want to figure it out when yeah. did ghosts come out 90 I think really so, so this is pre-ghost yeah because um, something that's interesting to me is it's almost like whoever directed it wanted to make like a sexy ghost story and they're like this won't fucking sell and he's like well we'll have him fucking murder some people yeah mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. like they just kind of like because the kills again like happen definitely in the second half of the movie mostly and it's not quite as um, rushed as like killer party but like huh. they're pretty like they're not shoehorned They're an afterthought. Yeah, but they're an afterthought, for sure. And, like, I don't think they're an afterthought in the sense of, like, oh, no thought was put into them because I appreciate all the carpentry gags and stuff. But, like, the a lot of this movie is, like, a very, like, like, like you guys said, like, her coming into her own. And then also, like, it feels like, I mean, most of this, I'm like, he wants, like, this ghost wants to fuck her. 
mm-hmm. and she wants to fuck this ghost. Yeah. And, like, that's, uh, so, like, a lot of it, I'm like, this is kind of like a sexy supernatural movie. Oh, my God, Ghost made so much money. Dude, Ghost was a phenomenon oh when it came God. out. Oh, my God. It cost $22 million to make. It made $505 million. Dude, Swayze was untouchable. Holy shit. Sorry, aside, that's insane. In 1990? I feel so bad for Mr. Wellington who made The Carpenter. I feel so bad for him. Right? How funny too that this gets ghost comparisons, but ghost came out after. What if? Who directed Ghost? What if that motherfucker? Jerry Zucker. Jerry Zucker. Zucker saw The Carpenter, one of 12. Yeah. And was just like, what if? Yeah, he w- we forego the killing and just really lean in that ghost fucking that lady. Also, do you know what? Pottery. We need <laughs> yeah. more pottery. Yeah. No well, that, nail that's, gun. That's pottery. the construction of a pot. Yeah. So, oh, pot. my God. Yeah. <clears throat> oh. <sighs> uh, Brendan, favorite kill? Uh, I mean, the, the, the Money Python kill. Yeah. The, the sawing the, the arms, just right on off. Just so casual. Yeah. Aaron? My favorite kill is definitely getting um, the mistress because mm. it's Ooh. worth it just for that punchline at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, good. I really that like good. that. Yeah, who is it? It's one of the... It, oh, it's the husband that he sticks. He's soft and he sticks the drill in him. Oh, no, oh. That, that's one of the construction workers. Is it one of the... No, she's talking about the hu- he's talking about the husband, right? And about how he's like not. Oh, maybe you're. I think he is. I yeah. think you're right. He's like finishing the. Jo- okay, yeah, yeah. No, right, sorry, yeah. He's like standing there, and she's like really upset that he just killed her husband, and he's like, "What do you mean? Like, you need a real man. He's so soft." Look, and then, man. Look, and he's literally him. soft. Yeah, and literally. I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> um, I think subtle. <laughs> I enjoy. The mistress kill as well. I don't love that she's pregnant. It's yeah. not necessary. It's not at all. No. Um, so that loses points for the movie for me. It really does. She does not need to be pregnant. Um, but I enjoy the kill because I enjoy that it crosses that line with our final girl on her doing something for herself. I mean, not that I'm justifying her killing somebody. Um, but her doing something for herself, mm-hmm. but doing it through this, like, other thing that she knows is bad and bad for her, but she's sort of allowing herself to give in to him in that mm-hmm. moment and give in to her desires, which are to just say, fuck, all these people have been screwing me over. Mm-hmm. But that's what I like about that kill. I like the meaning behind her actually doing the kill. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. I'm buzzed all the way, man. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Monty Python. Yeah, absolutely. Like the weird, the weird quiet like reaction to it, and like, um, yeah, I I love it. <coughs> Plus, uh, I love a good power tool kill. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I did have a favorite line because I wrote it down when I heard it, just because how it it really personifies oh, how, yeah, how awful line. the husband is. Okay. Um, because she's like. She says... She's going to take her pills. Yeah, and then he goes, hmm, well, I can't afford the suits. And, like, oh, yeah. that 100% is, like, yep, that guy's an asshole because he's totally downplaying her mental illness. Yeah. And he's, like, literally now... Joking about yeah, her nervous he's, breakdown. Yeah, and he's making it about, yeah. like, materialism. Take the pills yeah. because I don't have to buy another suit. Yeah, and yeah. so I like it because it, in one line... Because, also, you wonder when that happens, like, you're like, what kind of man is he? Like... Because, like, you see him take her to the mental, like, 
the, the like the hospital and then also like when he finds her he doesn't freak out or anything he's like bad day huh and like so he doesn't freak out so you're kind of like wait is he caring is he like what what where are we here and then when he does that you're like oh you're an asshole yeah, yeah. so yeah. like it sets you up for the tone that we have with the character so that was my uh favorite line and then also i did write the other one that i obviously liked um which was you should have been more of a gentleman ed so oh, yeah. that is yeah. the closing line of yeah. the film uh, Alice and her sister essentially figure yeah. out in order to defeat this guy, they need to not attack him, but to destroy the house. The house and, yeah. and, and you know, so they, they do him in, and it ends with that line. So good. It's kind of great. Oh, it it's is. great, yeah. yeah. And her delivery is fantastic. Yeah. 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 Um, well, because that that's... It's so great because the entire movie, the Carpenter's talking about how he is a gentleman and mm-hmm. how... He's like old fashioned. Really, it all yeah. comes down to like I'm an old fashioned kind of guy. Yeah, yeah. I do things the way they're supposed to be done, and unfortunately, a lot of old fashioned ways are very misogynistic. Yes. Yeah. And so, like, I love that it's playing at that. It's like, well, you're toting about how you're so much better than these other men who have come in here and done harm to me, um, mm-hmm. but then you're not a gentleman yourself. You're not any different. No, you're not. We any learned different. today. In modern slang, that's a clapback. Yeah. You learned that today? Well, I mean, no. I knew that oh, okay. before. But we, I was just relating it back to our, like, 40-minute-long discussion of slang yeah. for today. Yeah. No, I know what a clapback is. I said that was one of the only ones I knew, actually. Sorry. I, yeah. I, I missed that back. Get snap off my back. lawn. Snapback's a hat. Yeah, oh. that's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, my lawn. <laughs> my my favorite line is the one I repeated, not verbatim, but the one from the job interview, oh, where she yes. just fully yeah. puts everything oh, out on the yeah. table. Yeah, I love so, that whole scene. It's so good, and it's shot really well. It's the only. It's, it's shot really. It's well. the only the the the, it's the, the Empire it's paint. Tight. It's yes. tight. It's the only scene I'm like, if every scene was like that, we would be looking at a really good movie. Yeah. I changed my mind. Okay. I can't believe that I'm not saying my favorite kill is the carpenter literally being on fire. Yeah. That was amazing. Oh, that, yeah. yeah true. Yes. I don't think yeah. of that as a, like a body count kill. That didn't even occur to me. No, well, yeah. the guy who was on fire has, is obviously dead. So R.I.P. Yeah. We so, should honor him. Yeah. You know, we are one of <laughs> This episode is dedicated yeah. to that. Twelve people yeah. have seen this movie. Four in this room and one yeah. is the director, writer, director yeah. of Ghost. Let's honor that poor stuff. <laughs> yeah. I really would love... For no other reason, like, sometimes I have these, like, thoughts of, like, I would love to get famous one day and have you use all of my power to be famous and just... Ask questions. Just, well, no, just to start the rumor, do you know that Jerry Zucker stole ghosts from the carpenter? And, like, just get that that started. Use all of my fame, like, even if uh, for no other reason, just be like... You're so devious. Here, I thought you were going to use that to ask Jerry Zucker. No, why would I ask him? I want people to think he stole it, and then this movie will be talked about Or you could, like, see if that stuntman's still alive and give him work. Yeah, that's true too. He has um, a coordinator or something. He'll he'll be old. Or a new face. He's obviously <laughs> in need of a transplant of some kind. <laughs> yeah. He is burnt up bad. Uh, yeah, the stitches uh, holding his flesh mask. Here, under his I'll tell you, Mason I will from tell you right now yeah. which does not bode well for this stunt person. Oh my gosh. They were never in another movie after this. <laughs> oh they were in two movies before and nothing after. Yeah. So yeah. they might have died. <laughs> Um, or maybe know. French oh, Canada okay. doesn't Here's require the thing. a lot there of There are two people. stunt people, but one is called stuntman and one is called stunt coordinator. 
So I'm assuming right. the staff coordinator didn't actually do no, this. No, no. The coordinator is like the four. Is the coordinator also out of work from that point the, on? No, because that would be a strong the indication. The coordinator has uh, done a bunch of stuff, including the new X Men movies. So Ooh, very okay. successful Fancy. and numerous Fridays. Fair enough. Fair enough. So I don't know. Sweet. I don't have a memory, so I have no idea. I just know I liked a lot of things that were said in this movie. Yeah, same. I I enjoy all the lines that you've mentioned. They're really great. But I did love... That scene with the job interview, that's where the movie sort of really sold me on its tone, where it was, like, weird. Uh Uh-huh. And it... But earnest, like you said, where it's like, we're not trying to be funny about this. This is just how these characters interact. Mm. Yeah, it's kind of the thesis of the movie, where it's yeah. like, yeah. here's here's what we're measuring this against. Yeah. yeah. I do have a couple lines that I can toss at you if you want yeah. one. Um, there's a line where she finally turns against the carpenter, and she says, you're filthy, you're dead, and you smell bad. <laughs> <laughs> um, and... I don't remember exactly who did this. I think it was one of the construction workers, but at one point he points at his dick and says, phone's for you. Oh, <laughs> oh yes! Yeah. I do oh, remember that. Right. Yeah, that was super weird. That's so gross. <laughs> Guys it's are weird. Peculiar. Guys, oh, they Why are they so obsessed with their dicks? Mm, I don't know. I really don't get it. They're ugly things. <laughs> I like the Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> yeah, it's terrible. Um, so our position, uh, B wrote this note, um, position the horror landscape. Unknown unless you're Brennan. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Uh, accurate. Or, uh, or well, Katarina. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, Katarina. Oh, I forgot. You need to explain Katarina. Yeah, so Brennan has the DVD, the only DVD ever made of The Carpenter, um, from Katarina's like, closet. Night- nightmare Theater. Yeah, Katarina's Nightmare Theater. And I looked her up last night, and she is actually an active wrestler um, for Impact like a Wrestling. Fake one. No. It's not fake. Okay. But she's not like a wrestler. Yes, she's a wrestler. That is her job. If in she, the if, WWE. No. Well, she was in WWE, but now she is in. Okay, listen. We're not going to get into that. The French Canadian Wrestling Federation. But yes, um, so. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so Katarina is uh, and has been apparently after her very small boutique horror line didn't uh-huh. do well. What do, Didn't we find one other movie? Oh, there, there were other movies that you may have heard of. I mean, she did Humongous, which is the uh, follow-up to Prom Night that Paul Lynch did. Um, it's not a great slasher, and it very heavily rips off Friday the 13th Part 2. Um, I think she also did House and Sorority Row briefly. She had her own TV show. She was a horror host. Did she? It was called oh, Katarina's go. Nightmare Theater. It had 36 episodes. Oh. I'm into yeah. it. From 2011 to 2018. Oh, oh really? So very recently, wow. actually. Good for Katarina. Yeah, yeah but now she is a full-time girl. wrestler for... Um, Playing footsies. Impact. Impact Theater. Or Impact Wrestling, not Impact Theater. <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> she's had. She's also had a very eclectic career. This, this movie Ambition. has brought Again. so many people together. Yeah. I know, right? You know, look, it may have started with just Brennan, but this is growing exponentially. Yeah, the so world is getting better. There are four times as many viewers of this movie as there were. We need to find... Zucker. Yeah. Zucker? Yeah. Yeah. Zucker. coming for yeah. you. Um, and I will say, this is not necessary viewing if you are a base level slasher fan. This is... It's an acquired taste. An acquired taste for sure. It is very fun, as Aaron mentioned earlier, grab five or six friends, grab some booze, and you can have yeah, some fun with Yeah, it's movie. one that I think even, like, yeah, in a group you can have with casual watchers them not be like oh my god like yeah because it's wacky enough all. to be fun yeah like yeah. it's not boring 
Um, it's definitely not boring, and it's not, like, because uh, the thing with casual watchers is you need something that's not too intensively horror because then they check out, or, like, too story-heavy because... too esoteric. Yes, mm. exactly. Um, so you could definitely have some fun with it. Uh, I, I will say before you rank it, yes. um, this movie did get the Liam stamp of approval. Um, he liked it way more than he liked Serenity. It's so true. He watched it kind of mouth agape, like, oh, okay. So, yeah. He also didn't, like, let loose a nasty <laughs> shit afterwards, <laughs> which he did immediately following Serenity. Just, just in case there are any listeners who just need to, a reminder who Liam is. Liam is my son. Four, four months old. <laughs> yeah. And one hell of a critic. Yeah. yeah. He was very vocal about Serenity. He was. No, it's funny because Ben picked him up. And was like, you know, spending some time with him. He wasn't having it. He's like, fine, I'll put you back in your swing. <laughs> yeah. And so his swing, I keep it faced away from the television, but my husband moves it because he's like, he likes to watch TV. I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> so he turns it and literally, like, Liam's got, like, front row center. And he just, I, like, kept looking to see if he was asleep. Nope, he was awake the whole he was time. He wrapped. Yeah. He was really into it, completely silent. Yeah. yeah. He, he was not, like, not a peep. Yeah, cooing or at all. No. no Meanwhile, the, the final 35 minutes of, of Serenity <laughs> basically was basically screaming. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Incrementally louder. Yeah, babbling at to a degree that I didn't think he could get louder. I know. Yeah. And everyone's like, he wasn't crying. This no, is not no, 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 literally, no, no, no. like, baby talking, like, but he's barking. Yeah, he was, was literally doing, barking. It was Roger Ebert's baby. Like yeah. it was, it was just like. Bah, 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 it was amazing to see. Yeah. And we're like, it really lined up the movie. The movie. Yeah. yeah. Um. So. <laughs> yeah. Um. So we do rank every movie at the end of the episode. Uh, you can find that list at keepscreaming.com/slash/the-list, and um, this will be our forty. I don't know. Forty-fourth. 44th yeah yeah 44th movie yeah we're getting close to two years here um it'll be our 44th movie number one is still a reigning champion uh my bloody valentine from 1981 (laughs) (laughs) and um rounding out at the bottom of that list uh you can find april fool's day and brendan's other pick girls night out that's number 41 i'm proud to uh say that i think this will do much better than okay yeah Um, i was so nervous it still doesn't it's align with a lot of slasher tropes we look fair. for. Yeah. Um, I'll just I, accept that you enjoyed watching no, it. No, but I will say the final girl is powerful. Uh-huh. Yeah, the arc of that, the themed killer is the great. The th- themed uh-huh. killer is great. Um, the th- We're just missing some of the tropes that make it more of a slasher and less of... It's not even the supernatural elements that detract from no, the slasherness of this like one. The domestic drama. It's the it. domestic drama that doesn't fit in line. Yeah. And, like, as we said, the kills feel like an afterthought a little mm-hmm. bit. And even though they're themed and fun, like, they're sporadic. Uh-huh. And, mm-hmm. um, yeah. Uh, so, like, I'm looking at above Terror Train? Maybe right around that range? Uh, I don't I'm think thinking... it's better than Curtains. I don't think it's better than... I can't believe I'm going to say this. <laughs> <laughs> Slaughter High? I think it needs to be, yeah, Slaughter High, like right above Slaughter High. You don't think it's better than Mischief Night? I think Mischief Night's a better slasher than Morton Salt one is. That's true. Yeah. But the final girl's so good in this. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Okay. Mm, I like it more than... 
I, I really think the final girl elevates it over Mischief Night. I do. Deemed kills, too. I do. Like, I know it doesn't hit those other notes, but Mischief Night doesn't really. I mean, the baseline did. Like, it threw it in a little bit, but... Well, because we have a I, we, house full of people. We at least get stock and slash yeah, in Mischief and Night. and people fucking with them the whole time and killing right. them all. Right, but, like... Just think the final girl really elevates it. What about the birdhouse? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> think of the birdhouse. <laughs> and the fact that his last name is Bird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's, he, that's what I'm saying. He was, built, he was telling us that he is the house. Mm. And I almost even think we get more at least follow through with our kills, even though Mischief Knight plays to tropes better. Like, I mean, like half the kills in that movie are on accident. Mm. One's with a gun. Like an actual gun, not a nail gun. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> B's really deliberating. Mm. I, yeah. Look, I are, appreciate yeah. the uh, respect you have for this list. And I won't get mad if you rate it low, because I do understand that it's l- loose as a slasher of what you're looking for in terms of the formula, Yeah. in terms of all that. Like, I do recognize what you're saying about Mischief Night, but I do... No, I'm trying to think about the whole, so they're both taking place in, like, an isolated house setting. Um, we're, I think we get a similar amount of kills. Mischief Night has a low kill count. It's, it's like, four, yeah. Uh, four well, it's bigger than that, because we've got the... The two Jer- the beginning. The, yeah. Then... Charlie O'Connell. Jerry. Charlie. Oh, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh, yeah, Jerry O'Connell's brother is the one. Really? Yeah. Charlie. What? Charlie O'Connell. Uh-huh. Yeah. He, yeah. Just looks, he like... looks just like Jerry O'Connell, just not as in good as But he comes cheaper. And yep. he's cheaper. Yeah. He's right. not a bad actor. I've seen him in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay? Yeah. Cool. And, like, it's strictly only because, because I think Alice has a very good arc. She does, and only because I think the kills are more slasher-esque in The Carpenter, and then in Mischief Night... It, they are a little bit more like, well, yeah, we're at a house, well, like we're kind of stalking this girl in the house, but the kills them, the killers themselves don't have right. a personality. Yes, they're yeah. just, well, it's because you were home, kind of killers. Right. Mm-hmm. Cool. So this is going to rank number thirty-four. Our new number thirty-four. Hey. Yeah. Like ten higher it's than be last our new time. New number thirty-five. New number thirty-five. Sorry. Yes. Yeah. So whatever. It uh, is. I'll take it. Last week. And that's why I said I can't say I'm going to do this, but I still know it's a better slasher. So, but barely. So, I still know at 34, the carpenter at 35. I can live with that. Next time, I might reach, like, 29. I'll tell carpenter. you this, though. No, like, that being said, I, it's way more fun than I still know or Mission. Yeah, but it's less a slasher. I can right. respect yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that's, like, that's why I won't yeah. do this list. That's because why you put have, April Fool's yeah. Day at the bottom of the list, yeah, even though right. that's, that's a much like, better movie than a yes, lot of Yes, exactly. I mean, right. Happy Death Day to you is like near bottom of our list because it's barely a slasher movie. Yeah. And uh-huh. we love that. I love that movie. Yeah. 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 No, I literally have like a disclaimer at the top. I'm like, this ranking is based on how we think these films hold up as slashers. This means it can be a great movie and be on the bottom of the list. What we should do one day after the list is like kind of long. Like Girls Night Out. Is do yeah. um, <laughs> like if we if it was my favorite, not best slasher. Oh, but my like favorite. rank, yeah. Um. So thank you guys so much. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you are very us. happy to experience this. Yeah, exciting. It was us. a blast. Um, we were looking forward to it for so long, and I'm really sad that you guys are leaving tomorrow. Me too. Um, yeah. But I'm so happy we all get to sit in a room and talk about a movie. Yeah. I mean, we do that all the time, anyways. But got to record it for yeah. the world to hear. 
I'm, I'll be really sad when we get the tweets that are like, can't this show just be Brendan and Aaron? <laughs> I wish we would start a podcast, but you live in the future. I live in the future, yep, on the other side of the planet. Yeah. Yep. I'm going home to the cold and no carpenters inside. I wish mm-hmm. I could sneak in your bag. It is too hot, and my apartment does not have air conditioning. Yeah, no, it's no. too hot in this apartment, I can tell you that. I just lowered it to 70. Oh my god. That's low enough, okay? My god. We don't need to be chilling at 63 degrees. My house is at 63, it's like 67. Um, I, anyways. I love the way you live your life. Before Thanks. we sign off, yes. promote your stuff. Yes, You're tell both us very, about. very successful oh, yeah. and have lots of things. Okay. You can find me on... Should I do an Australian accent for this part? Yes. Yeah, you should. Yeah, You can find me on Twitter. At, I'm British. It's so That's bad. That's British for sure. Uh, you I've been listening to you right all now. weekend. <laughs> I, I'm just Taryn Egerton. Um, you can find me on Twitter. At, I can't do it. I'm just British again. So. Um, you can find me on Twitter at It's Raining Brands. You can find um, my podcast at, at Scream101Pod and at QueerWolfPod. That's Scream 101, where I do franchise marathons with my boyfriend, and Attack of the Queer Wolf, which is Blumhouse's LGBTQ uh, perspective on horror films. Uh, we have a lot of really cool guests coming up, including the episodes recording tonight that I'm missing, and I'm so sad, even though I love you guys. Um, it's with Chris Landon and Jessica Roth of Happy Death Day and Happy Death Day to You, where they're doing uh, Death Becomes Her, uh, the oh. Meryl Street movie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Do you remember where you parked the car? <laughs> yeah. That's See, as far as that, my American accent is going to go tonight. Though. It's yeah. better than my Australian accent. Yeah. Oh. Very much. Meryl, Meryl was coaching me through that. Yeah. Mm. That is that movie came out the year I was born. Fun fact. My oh. favorite movie from the year I was born. Good year. Um, I think that's it. I mean, I, I have a monthly column at Dread Central. You can check that out, but you can find that on my Twitter and all everywhere else. Find I write on Twitter. and perform oh. my vocal linguistic talents. Um, okay, you can, uh, yeah, Twitter, Twitter is the best way to find me too. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? That was me trying, doing an impersonation of, of Brennan of trying to do me. It's like a hall of mirrors in which no one gets promoted at all. I, no one gets promoted at all. <laughs> you, sound like, you sound like Luna Lovegood. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to play like the lead? Do you want to play Alice? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, whole great. new movie. Oh, you are Alice. The con- okay, thank the- you. I would watch the shit out of that. That'd be great. Um, you and Logan Marshall. <laughs> deeply incoherent accent. <laughs> um, look, you can follow me at Twitter on at. Aaron Dries. Twitter. Twitter. It's easy. Double A-R-O-N-D-R-I-E-S. I'm an author and writer, so I've written a number of books, House of Size, The Fallen Boys, uh, Where the Dead Go to Die, and recently been reprinted, uh, A Place for Sinners, which has just come out. And yeah, just hit me up at Twitter or at AaronDries.com, and uh, yeah, don't be shy. I'd love to talk to you more about The Carpenter because even though we have spent quite some time digging into this thing I could surprisingly talk for hours about this film it's I was not expecting this I would no. rec- this is not a slasher for starters but no. if you want to have a couple of beers and actually just have like a like a debate about it this is a nice yeah. juicy one to yeah. kind of have fun with mm-hmm. it's definitely a good one with like a lot to like from. Mischief Night is not that. No. Yeah. No. I'm so glad I got him out there. It's yeah. snuck about. Yeah. You're welcome. 
So thank you guys so much for being here. Thank you. Uh, for the listeners, we will be back in two weeks with the final girls? Question mark. Is that the one before cheerleader camp? So yeah, we'll be back in sure, two weeks with <laughs> with the final girls. If you mm, want to watch so along. Yeah. Uh, and until then, keep screaming. <laughs>